Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. Hope you all had a good weekend. Enjoyed yourself getting back into that work week. And getting back to that grind, baby. That socialist grind set. <laughs> yeah. Because you know capitalism, it never sleeps. It never sleeps. It just keeps on going. Keep on going, but we're going to keep going with it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Hoo-wee. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back again. So good to see you here. Uh, and we got a doozy of a show today. Uh, <laughs> is it the most important story in the world going on right now? No, it's not. Is it one that I think really encapsulates America, American capitalism and the greed and the hypocrisy that we see coming from those who talk about welfare queens and who are against a, a socialist sort of umbrella or a, uh, a healthcare is a human right, who are against handouts and all this stuff, is it the perfect encapsulation of just that hypocrisy? I think so. In fact, I don't think I've read ever in my whole life a more American story than this. This is one of the craziest, just one of the most, every, every part of the story is completely unnecessary. Completely fucking unnecessary. Yet here we are. Here we are with it. Let's just let's just get into it. All right. Let's let's dive right in. Mississippi is in the midst, you know, one of the, the poorest state, if not if not the poorest, then definitely one of the poorest states in America is in the midst of a massive fraud and embezzlement scheme. It's actually the biggest public fraud case in the state's history. And what's happened is that $77 million, which were supposed to go to needy families, welfare dollars, basically, uh, have been pocketed by political insiders, by uh, people who are GOP donors, people who are already rich. And again, this is money meant for people who are poor, for needy families. And it's being pocketed by state officials and these people who donate to them who are in this little club. And one of the people who pocketed some of this money and is at the center of this is Brett Favre. So let's dial it back a little bit. Let's, let's, let me give you some of the background. So there's something called the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families Program. Uh, Crystal Ball over at Breaking Points did a good breakdown of this. It was a program uh, also called TANF, T-A-N-F, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families Program. And it's something that Bill Clinton established when he was gutting welfare. And the point of this program is basically the federal government gives lump sums to the states, lump sum uh, sums of money to the states, and the individual states determine how they can uh, – put this money to use for needy families. So the program is supposed to be, uh, basically it provides states and territories with flexibility 
in operating programs designed to help low-income families with children with the goal of them achieving economic self-sufficiency. Okay, when we say economic self-sufficiency, we mean so that the kids have something to eat, so that people have something, uh, so that the families are not broken going hungry. This is what these funds are for, okay? So states use TAMP to fund monthly cash assistance payments to low-income families with children. Low-income families with children, that's where the money's supposed to go. Get it? Got it? Good. So Mississippi could obviously use some of that money. It's one of the poorest states in the U.S. One of five residents live in poverty. Its three-year poverty rate is 21%. Okay, so people who were poor three years ago, 21% of those people, uh, or uh, the, the 21% of the people in the state have been poor for at least three years. So this is not a temporary sort of get back on your feet thing. A fifth of them are just, they're broke. And that's six uh, percentage points higher than the national average. So they're more poor than other states per capita, and more than 11% of its residents don't have health insurance. And that's compared to 8.6% nationally. So a state like this has plenty of need for people who... uh, or plenty of, need, plenty of people who need assistance and benefits to make ends meet. But that's not something that often happens in Mississippi. Despite having this need for, from so many residents for public assistance, residents in Mississippi actually have some of the hardest time uh, getting that assistance compared to residents in other states. Residents in Mississippi must apply in order to receive benefits. And the state is harsh towards its applicants. So uh, according to some of the reporting from Breaking Points, in one year alone, 12,000 Mississippi residents who applied for assistance and only about 165 were awarded any benefits. Okay, out of 12,000 Mississippi residents who applied for assistance, only 165 were awarded any benefits. That's a... That's about a 1% acceptance rate. (laughs) Nuts. In 2008, or I'm sorry, 2018, out of 135 million in federal aid from the TAMP program, and remember, that's a temporary assistance for needy families program, out of $135 million that Mississippi had available in 2018 for this program, Mississippi spent just 5% on direct cash cash assistance to poor families, 7.3 million, only 5% on direct assistance to poor families. So where was this money going? Well, it turns out it was going to the rich and to state officials in one of the most disgusting displays of just fucking corruption that I've really ever read about. So, In this same year that uh, only 5% of that money went to poor families, that's $7.3 million out of 135 million. 40, is it 44 some odd million dollars? $44 million of that money went to a group called the Mississippi Community Education Center or the MCEC, which is a non-for-profit run by a woman named Nancy New, and by her son, Zachary New. 
So $44 million of those funds went there. Well, it turns out Nancy New and her son, Zach New, uh, were indicted for fraud, for wire fraud, a whole bunch of other counts. They've been stealing a lot of money from the state, turns out. They've been stealing that money for their charter schools. They've been stealing it to fund their own uh, for-profit business, as well as this non-for-profit, which they funded. They're involved in this uh, for-profit learning charter school group, the New Learning Resource Resources, Inc., which, again, is a pri- which is a, apparently runs a private school that specializes in helping students overcome learning disabilities, or that's what they say. And they do this because Mississippi law allows some public education money to be paid to private schools for students with special academic needs. But Nancy knew, and her son Zach were instead defrauding millions of dollars from Mississippi public funds by submitting false and fraudulent information to the Mississippi Department of Education, by uh, being in with the governor, all kinds of shit. And why are they important here? Because it turns out that both Nancy New and her son Zach are really good friends with Brett Favre, and they're at the center of this particular scandal. So for those of you who don't know who Brett Favre is, who is Brett Favre? My God, let's, let's talk about Brett Favre for a second. Brett Favre is a quarterback who plays football, American football, not the, the European soccer right? We're talking real American football, okay? He played 20 seasons in the NFL, 20 motherfucking seasons, okay? He is, by all accounts of people who give a shit about football, he's a legend. He's a three-time NFL MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. He played for the Green Bay Packers, and he's in their Hall of Fame. And from his NFL earnings alone, over the course of 20 seasons, He's made about $140 million, give or take. Its estimates are between $137 million and $142 million. But $140 million just from playing football. And this doesn't even include his earnings from endorsements and ads and, you know, whatnot. Like, he's, he's done spots for Nike, uh, for Snapper, Remington, Sears, uh, Sensodyne fucking toothpaste, MasterCard, uh, Hyundai and and most importantly, Wrangler jeans. And for those of you who really don't know who Brett Favre is, I just want to play you a clip of Brett Favre's Wrangler jeans commercial. Okay, just just to show you, you, you should get enough from this commercial to understand just how American this guy is. All right, here we go. I'm comfortable in jeans that are tough. <laughs> I'm comfortable in jeans that last. I'm comfortable in Wrangler. Real comfortable. Wrangler five-star premium denim jeans. Built tough with long-lasting heavyweight denim. Built comfortable with relaxed fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Wrangler. Real comfortable jeans. There you go. I'm comfortable. And Wrangler jeans. Now, 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 now. I'm a real American in my Wrangler jeans. Mam, 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 mam.
You know why he's comfortable in Wrangler jeans? Because his um, he needs the jeans that are tough and because his dick actually retreats into his body. Like you've heard of an innie belly button. Brett Favre has an innie cock. It's not a vagina. It's just like a reverse cock. And when he pees, he's just pissing all over his internal organs, or he must be. Because, I, 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 you know, why am I being so mean to Brett Favre? Because this guy, who's earned more than $140 million in his career as a, a sport guy, who played sports, okay? He's at the heart of this scandal. Remember how I said $77 million were fraudulently stolen from Mississippi's poorest families? The single largest expenditure from that $77 million is $5 million, which Brett Favre and Nancy New, who we mentioned before, secured with the help of the prior governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, And they secured that money, again, which was meant to go to needy families in Mississippi to instead build a volleyball stadium for his daughter, Brett Favre's daughter, at the University of Southern Mississippi. So let me clarify that one more time, okay? Brett fucking Favre, who made $140 million, worked with Nancy and Zach New and former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, to direct $5 million of the funds meant for Mississippi's poorest families to build a fucking volleyball stadium at the university where Favre's daughter played volleyball. And just to top that off, Brett Favre was paid $1.1 million to give speeches and do basically advertisements for this volleyball stadium from these same funds. Yay! What the fuck? Why do you need another $1.1 million, dude, on top of it? And why can't you why can't you just pay for this volleyball stadium yourself? You have to go into the pockets. You have to go into the funds meant for people who let me read the definition again. Funds meant for to fund to help low-income families with children achieve economic self-sufficiency. So you're reaching into the funds of people who are economically not self-sufficient to buy a to fund a volleyball stadium for your daughter when you're a multi you're a hundred millionaire. It gets it gets worse, honestly. It gets even worse. Okay, like so Nancy and and, and Nancy knew and Zach. Her son, uh, who also uh, ironically also has an any cock, uh, they've taken a, a plea deal and they're now cooperating with the feds. So we're getting a lot of the information out here. Now, Brett Favre has denied any wrongdoing. OK, he said, I didn't do anything. I didn't know that taking these funds was illegal. I didn't know I couldn't do that. You know, the old uh, back before Chappelle got all fucking, you know, turfy or whatever. But the old I'm sorry, officer, I didn't know I could do that. That's his whole excuse, right? But text messages, a lot of text messages have come out between uh, Nancy New, Phil Bryant, and Brett Favre showing that he had an inkling that what he was doing was wrong. He seemed to know exactly what he was doing. I'll walk you through the timeline. And there's some really good reporting that I I put in the description for for this episode. Most of my material is coming from Anna Wolf. 
who is, I've never heard of her, but she's doing some remarkable reporting at Mississippi Today. Uh, again, Anna Wolf, and this is from her article, September 24th, 2022. And then there's another reporter, J.D. Radcliffe, and he's with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and he's been publishing a timeline. So we're going to go through some of this timeline just to give you an idea. So it's July of 2017, and Farb meets with officials about funding a volleyball facility for Southern Mississippi. And Nancy New and John Davis, John Davis, who uh, he is the former, he's like one of the welfare distributor guys for Mississippi. Uh, well, he was. He's the former director of Mississippi's welfare agency. And he was also in contact with Favre. And he, I think just days ago, pleaded guilty to federal charges for redirecting millions of dollars intended for welfare away from their intended purposes. So back in, okay, July 2017, Favre is meeting with John Davis and with Nancy New, trying to get this volleyball stadium off the ground. And then August 2017, uh, August 2017, uh, Favre has the following exchange with Nancy New. Uh, I'm going to do the different voices, just how I imagine them to sound like. So this is Brett Favre. Uh, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? He's talking about the money that's being used to pay him for the speeches and which he never gives and the money for the facility. Okay. And remember this money is coming from money supposed to, well, it's supposed it's money funds that are supposed to go to people who need welfare. So here's Nancy new this piece of shit. No, we never have had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens on Monday with the conversation with some of the folks at Southern, Southern Mississippi University. Maybe it will click with them, hopefully. Brett Favre. Okay, thanks. And then here comes Nancy New again. Wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He is on board with us. We will get this done. Brett Favre. Awesome. I needed to hear that for sure. So they've made a deal. And Phil Bryant, remember, prior governor of Mississippi. So they're all working to make sure this money that's supposed to go, again, to families who need fucking welfare. Who need welfare to build a volleyball stadium for his daughter. So here, here, here's an interesting part here. So October 2017, the funding for the volleyball facility begins using federal dollars. New commits $5 million to the Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation. And because the funds are not permitted to be used for, quote, brick and mortar construction, the parties craft an agreement to satisfy federal law. As part of the deal, the foundation would use the facility called the Wellness Center for Programs to Help Needy Families. Report People who are familiar with that facility say that that never happened, okay? It never became a facility that helped needy families. Construction goes on, or uh, Favre is uh, paid under an agreement to advertise for the welfare program. Uh, he's paid $1.1 million dollars in two separate payments to advertise. And again, that's stuff he never did. 
and which he's paid back now, but he still owes interest on it. Um, and here's what gets fucking crazy about it is at the time he's still looking for funding. Favre is showing us really what a, a piece of shit he is. Um, so this is May of 2018. And the volleyball facility, they, remember, they've secured $5 million for funding. Apparently, the price tag comes back. It's going to be $6 million. And in May of 2018, Favre reached out to Governor Bryant for help constructing lockers for the facility. And he says, I'm still trying to save money on the V-Ball facility. And as part of the money-saving measures, Brett Favre suggests the prison industry possibly as a builder. So now he's going out of his way to suggest basically slave labor to finish his volleyball facility for his daughter. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? I'm sorry. I know I sound like offended by this, but I really, I really am like how I don't, I just can't conceive. Sorry. I can't conceive of like, having made $140 million, especially doing something like playing a sport. You know, I, I think most people, if you play a sport really well, you should get paid. That's awesome. You provide a lot of enter entertainment to a lot of people. And I think also, if you're making a lot of money, it's one of the least sort of exploited ways or exploitable ways to make money, you know? Like, you're not going out there, like, squeezing every worker to produce something in your factory. You're just playing football, you're just out there playing football and people are paying for the price of admission to see it. That's it. You had $140 million, almost like just completely, almost completely guilt-free, except for the fact that you have that much money and you should feel like some sense of like, well, I can't believe how fortunate I am. I should help people. But instead, you, you're stealing funds from the people who, again, are not economically self-sufficient. They're unable to, to without these funds, they don't have enough. Children are literally going to go hungry because of this. And not only are you building this facility or, or funding this facility with those funds, you're doing it with prison labor or you're suggesting prison labor to do it. Like, I just don't understand. And, you know, we could go really into these details here. I don't know how necessary... All of that, Favre is also getting some money and trying to fund, uh, looking for these public funds for this uh, biomedical company that he's involved with. There's a whole bunch of communications where, uh, such as, you know, like in, in 2018, he's asking Governor Bryant about uh, getting some more funds for his biomedical company, which is called Prevacus or something like that. And Bryant, uh, when he's texting Governor Bryant, he's saying, don't know if legal or not, but we need to cut him in. And I don't know what the fuck they're talking about there. But it doesn't sound good. And Governor Bryant, again, he's denying all wrongdoing. But him, along with the new governor, uh, Governor, what's his name, Tate, I believe. I just know that he looks like Ryan Grimm. And everyone laughs at that because he, he looks like Ryan Grimm. Like everyone, he, he's, it, it, which is wild. Um, 
but Tate is like firing somebody who are supposed to investigate uh, Bryant and Favre and covering things up. And they're not like seeking restitution for the 5 million in funds that were given for the volleyball facility. There's a lot of shady stuff going on. The, the last thing I'll say here is that Bryant is having these conversations in 2019 with his attorney. And I'll just read this. This is from Anna Wolf's reporting in Mississippi today. And this is, again, just going over how deep was Phil Bryant involved in this? How deep was Brett Favre involved in this? But this is just a couple of excerpts from from her article in Mississippi Today. So former governor Phil Bryant has publicly produced dozens of text messages in an attempt to prove he was unaware that former NFL quarterback Brett Favre was using welfare money for his volleyball project. The filing suggests Bryant's appointed welfare director, John Davis, who pleaded guilty this week to state and federal charges, instantaneously committed $4 million in federal welfare funds to the Favre volleyball project without his boss's knowledge. The filing produces no text between Bryant and Davis. That's interesting, right? Like you would, if, you know, well, I don't want to read too much into it. Maybe they didn't, there are no texts because they didn't text and he honestly doesn't know, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. I'm, I'm not going to bet on that. Anyway, let's continue. The text shed more light on the pressure that Favre and Nancy New attempted to place on Bryant in 2019 in order to secure even more money from the Mississippi Department of Human Services, an agency under Bryant's control. They even proposed naming the facility after Bryant, a gesture that was meant to be a surprise, but due to the urgency in getting this secured, we felt it inappropriate. We felt it appropriate to share, they wrote in a proposal. These fuckers. Anyways, Bryant, uh, the gov- she's relentless. The governor's attorney texted Bryant in September of 2019. Nancy is worrying, Bryant responded. She knows what they were doing was wrong. Look, I. why does this matter? Again, it's a small story. It's not... Well, it's it's not a small story. It's the biggest. It's it's the biggest uh, sort of fraud, public fraud case in Mississippi state history. At a time when the residents of Jackson, Mississippi, cannot get clean water, you have these fucking assholes stealing from the people who need the money the most, who the money is intended for, and instead you have someone who has made so much fucking money and actually arguably did it the right way in Brett Favre. You have someone who could have just rode into the fucking sunset or given some money who is instead, instead of worrying about the source of funding and the effect it's going to have by taking those funds away from people who really need it. He's worried about how it's going to look if the media finds out about it. Remember, That text he sent, if you were to pay me, is there any way you can find out where it came from and how much? I'm, I just don't understand. And I really don't get it. I don't understand how people can be like, where do these people come from to where they think that, I mean, America, obviously, but like, you know, like where, how do you, 
how do you become so disconnected from like any sense of your humanity that you just think that's that's cool like that's okay to build your daughter a volleyball stadium that you don't need public assistance to build you could literally just fund that shit out of your pocket and you wouldn't even feel it dog you would not even feel it do one more ad for wrangler jeans and you're any cock and you got it. But here, I, I just, look, we, we don't need to go into the rest of the, the details. I would love to just start talking with people, see, seeing what people have to say. But I think here you have like someone who is basically an American hero for, you know, for maybe the dumbest reasons. We put too much stock into people like being a hero because they played sports really well, you know, so just, I don't get it sometimes, but sometimes I do because, you know, I look at Muhammad Ali or something like that. And I think, yeah, that guy's a hero to me and a lot of what he did. But like this, the greed and the greed directed against the victims who don't have the power to even self-sustain, let alone actually uncover all this fraud and challenge the powers that are perpetuating it. Mississippi does not, like, they do not have water. And Brett Favre is over here building a football stadium with money that could be directed towards getting them water. And all these corrupt politicians are a part of it. They're a part of it. And the worst part is Nancy knew and Zach knew, like, they take a plea deal, and I bet you they're not going to see jail time. These motherfuckers, like, if there was still a death penalty, this is done. Done. Take them out. Like, uh, this is the kind of stuff that death penalties, if they were a thing, should be handed out for. You're literally stealing from the, like, that's the lowest shit you could possibly do in my book is like steal, like stealing from, can you imagine stealing from like a fucking homeless person? God, I don't know. Anyways, fuck Brett Favre. Let's take some calls. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Ja, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> what's up, bye. Uh, You know, just, getting worked up about how crazy this story is to me. How, how's everything going on your end? Oh, things are well. Uh, things are very well. I'm preparing to go to Belize to celebrate my sister's 40th birthday party at the end of the week. So a lot of logistics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wild, worth it right? though. Yeah. I think so. I'm not much of a traveling guy, actually. I prefer to stay my ass at home and, you know, not use a bunch of jet fuel to go right. and, like, kick it, but <laughs> whatever. I mean, yeah, that's fair. It's for her. Um, but on this story, well, you know, America's for the looting. Yeah. Um, in, in just so many ways, it's impossible to count. And to continue a conversation that we had previously about, uh, well, you, well, you know, I'm writing that musical and I'm still trying to dive into the psych psychological right. of people that do things like this. And this is what I consider 
Not that this makes any of it any better. Not that it makes me any less upset. <laughs> but in a world where we assume for actually, quite frankly, many good reasons that poverty is inevitable, whether that is because you actually believe that there really aren't enough resources to go around or that there aren't any sufficient means of resource um, distribution that right. will ever be workable in, in any sort of system, any viable system, whether you feel like our government has been hijacked and captured and there's nothing we can do about it and that there truly is gridlock there. Um, I, I think we all do it in small ways um, from day to day where we're just like, you know, I'm going to be a hedonist today because I, I don't my my little pebble in the ocean is really going to, to have a difference it's going to make. Right. And, and just kind of imagine that ballooned up to somebody like this guy. And uh, I, I don't know. With someone with that much money, I it, it, personally, it would be harder for me, but I don't know. Like, do you think, how much of a difference do you think someone like him could make, uh, you know, when you look at situations like, what's his name that took the knee? Shame on me by... Yeah, Colin Kick. Colin, there you go. The greatest hero of all time, Ja. Well, right. And when you mentioned <laughs> Muhammad Ali, yeah. you know, that's actually what I thought of was, was his political stances and how controversial it was for him to be saying the things and to, for him to be presenting the way that he was in that time. Yeah. Um, and for him to have, be that sort of an icon for black excellence um, in a world where <laughs> those two words just didn't even go together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why they're heroes to you, I would imagine. But, you know, I look at this guy and I'm, I'm thinking, does he feel like him sort of speaking out about the atrocities that, you know, this country c continues to churn out for whatever reasons there are? Do you think do you think that he thinks that it would be valuable for him to do that and that it would actually make a difference? And if the answer is no. So, yeah, go ahead. and Like like Brett Favre doing that? Mm hmm. Well, Brett Favre, listen, Brett Favre, I don't think he thinks like at all. Honestly, just after after seeing this story go down, it's almost as if he lives in a box to where other people just do not exist, really. Like, you know, like people as, as like, like there's 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 not even like a political an explicit political statement really being made here. Right. Oh, it's okay. just, oh, I can save five million dollars by just stealing from people who literally cannot self-sustain yeah from welfare recipients and then he's still going to go and vote like fucking republican or some shit too and all that government's going to i mean their entire government is going to back him up and allow him to sort of rob from those people who are in most in need so like do what would it take for him to stand up i think I think honestly, when I, sometimes when I see shit like this, I don't want to. I don't. Hmm, I know what what's in my mind, and what I want to say, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to be. I don't want people to misinterpret it. Sure. But but there's some shit. There's some. 
there's almost like a privilege that comes with being so privileged that you don't even like just by your existence alone, you're not even like really questioning the morality of your, your actions. Like there, someone like Nancy knew, I guarantee you was out here talking about how she ran a school for a private school or a prof or for-profit school. She probably didn't say for profit, but was for people who have learning disabilities. Isn't that nice? Like she was out here actually believing in like her own self-righteousness to some extent. And, and there's almost like a a part to where people become so self-absorbed that they don't even view other people as, as, as the same thing as them, you know. Mm-hmm. I honestly they become because abstractions, I, absolutely. Well, it, it, it's the like or become abstractions. Yeah. Well, and 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 abstractions, but also like moral failures themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're they. For I think it's God. It's so tough. Look, I think I think seeing someone like Muhammad Ali having been treated like a lesser person having had to fought his way from basically having nothing in a society that was completely against him is sort of forced to confront these things over and over again. You know, like there's a certain level of like, which most people, there's a certain level of almost like uh, the shattering of the illusion of American society and sort of the American dream and whatever that I think is inevitable if you are, a marginalized group or belong to a marginalized group within America, because you just don't get to live in sort of the default mode that people who are not in those groups get to live in. You know, you, your experiences are going to show you that you could do everything right. You could, it doesn't matter even what you say or whatever, how articulate you are, whatever the fuck, like, you are still lesser than within the system. And I Even think if it's just subconsciously, right? Yeah. Like that makes 100%. Such a huge difference in the way that you walk through life. It doesn't even have to be anything overt, which of course, you know, that's where this conversation always gets taken to, but continue, please. No, but that's, that's hundred percent. Right. Like it can just be almost like a spider sense, right. Mm-hmm. Of, of just feeling like the tingly feeling that something is just off. And I, I think when I see someone like, like this Brett Favre, Nancy New shit, when I can't imagine there, it's hard, well, it's, uh, you know, the the limitation of empathy is that we're always filtering empathy through our own minds and experiences, right? So mm-hmm. maybe it's just that I feel emotions intensely and I have a heart, you know, like maybe I'm you just a drama say. queen. <laughs> well, I'm not going to call you no drama queen, but... What, well, you know, like I know I'm, I, I, I'm aware. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but I have a hard, I have a hard time feeling like, like I could do something like that without feeling guilt, you know? And it's, it's difficult to figure out why Brett Favre would be able to do that. It's, it's, you know, of course there are psychopaths in the world and I don't blame them. But, you know, to what extent can you sort of become like a psychopath 
as a not as a matter of like nature of like a true inability to feel but like a um you know like a nurtured into a psychopath without oh, even knowing it kind of thing absolutely and we all are to a certain extent to a degree we are you know constantly i mean i don't really have to explain this to you or anybody in this chat for that matter you you know what i mean right by yeah just the little ways that we are conditioned socially to behave the way that we are and to and and to not have empathy in so many different scenarios and and I also got to say, like, as a UX designer, I would say empathy even expands beyond the filter of our own experiences and our own mind. Right. Well, not necessarily mind, but just some some empathy. How is it that we're able to empathize with people who go through experiences that we've really never gone through? Um, because, like, it, the what I think is so powerful about emotions is that they actually communicate something that context and scenario and information and data can't communicate you know right. when someone's hurting you may right. not understand why or the complex reasonings and, and all that sort of stuff but you know when you see it um so and you I know guess, go ahead oh go ahead i was i was gonna say you know i think the scene it probably has a big has a lot to do with this situation too the more i think of it because yeah. i do it's it's look it's to me, this story is almost like that. Uh, there was like a movie, or it's like a thought experiment, or something, where it's if you press a button, you get a million dollars, but someone you don't know or someone randomly around the world just dies, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you see people who are just kind of well, just press the button, but they don't see the effects really of who's dying around them or anything like that. And it's like, how many times do you press a button? And mm. I, I, when you have a society, I mean, look, Mississippi is still historically one of the most segregated states as well. It's got um, some catching up to do. It's got a lot of catching up to do. I, you know what? I think they may just have to drop out the race entirely, dog, because they are, whew, I don't know. I don't know how quickly they're going to be able to uh, catch up. But uh, it's, I do think there's this element there to these people especially in Brett Favre's case over a measly, like over what is chump change to him, you know, 5 million or, and then making an extra million on top of 6 million. This guy made at points in his career more than like 19 million in a single year. What is he worried about the money for? Yeah. It's a great you, question. I, it's, it's so, well, and in God. this case, to reframe what I first said about people having these beliefs about a system that could never work and therefore poverty and these sort of things are inevitable, these sort of outcomes. In this case, he had a very clear example of what not stealing $5 million from people who are in need that could have otherwise received this money. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you described something earlier and I can't quite remember what it was about the percentage of people that actually received this aid. Um, and I don't know right. if he was privy to that information. I don't know if it's like, look, man, this thing is, this system's broken. This thing is, is, is effed up. Um, might as well just take advantage of it. Right. As opposed to, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I right. don't know how much he knew. I mean, it, it, to me still, like he knew something, right? Because mm -hmm. to say, because he knew enough to know that he didn't want the media 
to find out about where the source of the funding was coming from. Sure. That means something. That means something. So if nothing else, you got to know it's going to be a bad look. And if it's going to be a bad look, you got to wonder why that is. So I don't know how privy he was to the fact that um, in 2018, again, of $135 million in federal aid for the the TANF program, the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program, only 5% of that, only $7.3 million went to direct cash assistance to poor families. And meanwhile, the person who he's scheming with got $44 million of those funds. $44 million. The person he's literally scheming with to, to fund this fucking, you know, uh, volleyball stadium. He's got to know something. And I, I think understanding, even just understanding where the funds were sourced from, Mm-hmm. even if he didn't know how bad the problem was, uh, should, he's got to do something. Like, it, like he's, he knew enough as far as I'm concerned from these text messages. You know, I would, like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not big on prisons or anything like that. And, you know, I, but to the extent that there should actually be prisons, this is exactly the type of stuff people should get thrown away for. A hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, you gonna tell her? No, don't tell her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she gonna come get me. But she's. I mean, look, I, I, God, I just, yeah, I, I I wish something. I don't know, Ja. I'm as I'm as confused as you are as to why people who are in these positions do stuff like this because it is, it is. So difficult for me to understand. I uh, I do well, not look, know how to get into that mindset. Be be careful what you um, what you wish for, because um, you just might understand someday. And I I, w- I would uh, <laughs> I, I assume that the way that one would come to understand these things is by doing them. Yeah, it's like I, I, I'm joking. Bye. I, I, I mean, it's true. You, you know, next time you see me, I may be wearing a pair of Wrangler jeans, just nice and yes. tough, you know, an inverted, um, an inverted penis. Yes. That's right. My Willie's on the inside. Stop. <laughs> no, I was, I was dying when you were redoing the music from the commercial. That was really, really a stroke of genius. By uh, thank you. I mean, it's very, look, it's, it's about as American as apple pie, that commercial. I wish I could show you the footage of it. It's so fucking ridiculous, but I don't know, job. We just, I don't know. We just got to keep trying and figuring we'll see, it out. Man. It looks like we'll see. Eric and Amanda are up in this queue. I'm I'm bowing out of here. Let's hear from them guys. Bye. Okay, guys. help me. Good talking to you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Take care, Ja. You too. Man, that musical is going to be dope. Whenever it comes out, it's going to be a dope ass musical, y'all. We'll have a we'll have a celebration here. We'll have a Jaws musical celebration, and we can all wear Wrangler jeans. Anyway, Derek, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. Thanks for having me. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that golden boy quarterback man. fucking goofy piece of shit fucking lowlife knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, you brought up Muhammad Ali earlier. Yeah. Uh, it made me think of uh, the comparison, maybe. Um. Have you ever seen the movie 
uh, One Night in Miami? Uh, isn't that the one that has uh, like Owen Wilson and someone else? Uh, like Woody? I don't know. No, that's one One Night in Paris or before. Yeah, that's One Night in Paris. Yeah, that's right. That makes a lot more sense. Woody Allen, I think. Oh, okay. No, yeah. this is uh, One Night in Miami is a fictional account of uh, a real life night spent uh, between uh, hanging out uh, friends. Uh, Muhammad Ali, I think he was still going by Cassius Clay at the time, like 1964. Um, Muhammad Ali had just beat Sonny Liston. So they were like hanging out, celebrating him and uh, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke and Malcolm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So these were like his his buddies. Yeah. These were people he hung out with. He wanted to celebrate with his friends. Um, So when you think of like goofy golden boy quarterback wrangler wearing fucking dumb shit (laughs) you think of any uh any people that he hangs out with that have any kind of substance or character i mean i would say let me see um that's a tough one that's a tough one i mean i i i would say he would probably hang out with tom brady but i don't know and i don't want to put tom brady on that i don't i don't i know Hating on Tom Brady is popular. I get it. And I'm kind of still there. But I don't know. Like, I don't know who Brett Favre is hanging out with. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think Brady Ted would help Cruz. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, like, what I'm getting at is, I mean, take away the celebrity stuff, you know, um, and think about, like, who those guys were uh, individually, just their personality types. Well, who, who would uh, Cassius Clay turn into? Who would Muhammad Ali hmm. turn into without like this probably behind the scenes, very profound kind of impacts on his, on his personality. I mean, fuck. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's difficult to, it would be, uh, it's almost impossible actually for me to think that uh, Muhammad Ali's friendship with Malcolm X didn't have a, an, a great influence on him. And well, you know, I know that they had a falling out when Malcolm X had his, uh, falling out with the nation of Islam, but Muhammad Ali would later come to regret that and mention that as well. But we're talking about, for, for those of you who don't really know Muhammad Ali like that, let me just say more than, more than even the boxing, was he a great, amazing boxer? Yes. An incredible boxer. What, what he was even better at really was what was more amazing really was his character. Um, there is literally a Supreme Court case that involves Muhammad Ali because he was a conscientious, conscientious, there we go, conscientious objector to the Vietnam War. He was drafted. He refused to go to the draft because he said, well, no Viet Cong ever called me nigger. And the Supreme Court, that case went all the way up to the Supreme Court. He spent multiple years in jail. That case went to the Supreme Court and they said, you know what? Yeah, he has a actual religious belief that prevents him from going to this war or supporting it. And that's a case that still runs today. Uh, he gave up years of his career in, in his prime. While he was at the top of the game, he was like the heavyweight champion of the world at the time. Gave that up because he didn't believe in that war. And that's only one of the things that he did. Uh, so 
I understand when people look at Muhammad Ali and say, you know what? He was a hero. Uh, he was really, he was really something, but for people to look at Brett Favre here, especially after this and do the same, my bro, like he threw a football good and then he defrauded people who were on welfare. Like that's his legacy. I don't, Rudy, do you understand that at all? Do you understand? Like why? Do you have any sense of, you know, Jaws' question as to why, like, why would he do this? What, what is even the point? It's so baffling to me. Well, you know, not to detract from Muhammad Ali's personal character, individuality. Um, mm. me, I, I think, you know, he was uh, mentally strong on his own. Um, yeah, he was too. I, yeah. I would still assume that there was some really intense kind of uh, influence, especially from Malcolm. Yeah. Um, you know, like when he took that stand of Vietnam, I mean, that was years after. Yeah. hundred um, percent. But, you know, I think maybe there's a deeper point that could be looked at comparing the two, like maybe uh, some of those friends that say the things you don't necessarily want to hear all the time, you know, yeah. if their motivations are true, if they care, you know, if they're telling you things, to your face and not behind your back. Yeah. That's you know, maybe, maybe the mutual respect helps everybody, you know? I think it does. I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of value to having friends who call you out on shit uh, and do so in a way that's like, I, I think there's, there's something to having friends who have like a lot of integrity, honestly. Uh, and I've benefited from that a lot of times in my own life. I mean, hell, with these call-ins, with some of the conversations I'll be having here, I'm benefiting from just the way that I'm interpreting things, you know, the the increasing my ability to sort of parse through uh, narratives that are just put out to basically serve as propaganda. So the company you keep definitely, definitely matters. It's just so crazy that someone, I mean, I'm pretty sure Favre is from, I know he at least went to college in Southern Mississippi, but I think he's from Mississippi. I think he's born in Mississippi. Like that's his state. And it seems so nuts that you would take, you would defraud the people of your own state like that. It's just, I don't know, man. I just have a real hard time understanding why someone would do that. I really do. Oh, Derek, you dropped. Did you, were you done? Did you want to come back up? Let me, uh, Derek, blink your eyes twice if you want to uh, back up. I don't know if he's blinking. <laughs> okay. Uh Okay. Well, Derek, if you want to come back up, just call in and I'll I'll bring you up and we can finish the conversation. But yeah, I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it, but I am excited to hear from Amanda. Amanda, do you get this? Do you understand why Brett Favre has, is acting like such a piece of shit? Is this just like a, is this just a, uh, I don't know, a, a side effect of having an, uh, an any cock? Is this just one uh, of the, the side effects, unfortunately? Okay. I think 
he is a southern boy and those people in the south know Huey Long during the depression wanted a stadium built for LSU okay he couldn't get the federal funds for it and Amanda you're a little you're a little quiet too give me one moment I can fix that okay That should be better. Is that better? Oh, beautiful. Moi. Yeah. Perfection. Ask and ye shall receive, sir. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, just like Mississippi welfare funds. Ask and ye sh- shall receive, yeah. baby. Oh, so, my God. So, Huey Long, back during the Depression, wanted to build a stadium, and the federal government said, no, dude, we're in a Depression. You can't be doing that. And he said, well, screw you. I'm going to do it anyway. And he built, with federal money, dorms that were had stadium seating on top of them. So he got his stadium built by disguising it as a student housing project. But that was actually the bottom of the the base of the stadium seating was the dorms. This is a long-standing thing that has happened in the South, and the way that the Southern states look at how the federal government funds what they do is very different from the rest of the states, I think. Having lived in Louisiana for nine years, I can speak only from my own personal experience when our governor, the only time the voting machine thing at at the state house ever failed was on the vote of which casino was gonna get the one land-based casino license in Louisiana. And they just squeaked it out for Harris. And the next week, Edwin Edwards, the governor, walked out of a Las Vegas casino with $750,000 and a reporter walked up to him and said, don't you think this looks a little bit fishy? What's going on here? And Hmm. Edwin Edwards goes, "I I guess I'm just lucky. You know, it's the South. And if it's federal funds, that's the enemy. We're going to take the money and we're going to do what we want with it. It's some BS that it did that he did what he did, but this is not an unusual thing. And think about this: Why is this happening now? Is there a court case or something that's why this is in the news right now? Yeah, there is. Um, Nancy New and, and Zach New were ended on federal charges to uh, okay uh, for misappropriating funds, and it's just starting to sort of spin gravel more and more and since they're cooperating witnesses now even though they should be in jail they should be in jail like i a oh god and i know the only reason they're not in jail is because they have good lawyers who negotiate a good plea deal and thank god they can afford those good lawyers with the money that I, they embezzled from the state it's like I, it, it's I crazy they should, i don't think they should go to jail but i think they should have all of their financial assets seized, seized? Out how the police sees all the drug yeah drug dealers. dealers yeah he i'm okay a, with he that was just accused not even convicted right simply suspected you can have your home 
seized and you cannot get it back unless you pay a lot of money to some really good lawyers. So I think what what yeah. happened when people who were who have money, I don't care if it's liquid or not, when people who have money do this kind of fraud, it should be an immediate restitution and seize their assets. You lost the privilege to be a rich person. You lost the privilege. Yeah. That's my that's my take on it. I don't think he should be canceled if he wants to still live a life. That's great. But let's seize all of his assets, and he's not allowed to be a rich guy anymore. That's my take. I mean, that's a good take. I like that. I'm thinking it through right now. I mean, it makes sense. I, I mean, look, the misapplication, my, my, my biggest problem is always how um, unequal the application of law is, just generally, Right. We have all of these rules that we are enforcing against people who don't have any money, who don't have any means, who don't have any resources, and yet the same rules are just not applied to people who are millionaires and billionaires. It, they're, they're just not. And their access to the justice system is completely, you know, it, it, you, you don't have access to the justice system if, you're a, if you don't have money. You just don't. It just goes away. And Amanda, wow, am I like accidentally kicking people off or did Amanda just know that was a drop the mic moment? It was like, boom. Is that what happened? Amanda, did you just mic drop on my call-in show? Amanda. Ooh, wee. Damn. Amanda out here just fuck them. Boom. Mic drop and the crowd goes wild. Take their shit. Boom. <sighs> That's Amanda. Damn. Oh, my God. Look at this. We had two mic drops in a row. That's wild. Okay. Okay, I see you. I see you. Well, Andrew, what you got to say about that? What are you thinking? And how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good. You ready for a third mic drop? Oh, fuck. Yeah, baby. I don't know if I can take it. I'm already too excited, dog. <laughs> it's going to be my head's about to explode. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I can't. I, no promises on delivery of said okay. mic drop. <laughs> All right, fair um, enough. I won't hold you to it. No, I think um, I would just say I, I have my own answer to why would you do this, Brett? Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's different from uh, Amanda's. But also, I will say my prescription for what should be the criminal punishment for doing this it's yeah you're now you're you have zero dollars and no assets yeah like yeah i don't know i i guess i'm generally of the mind that like the the response to like like black and indigenous americans are way over policed over incarcerated over murdered by the cops etc the response to that should not be well let's do that also to all the you know, the white people and the rich. People. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> so generally yeah. I, I am not down for just like preserving civil asset forfeiture in traffic stops and horseshit like that. But for this, it's like, I can think of no better, um, less controversial way to punish this type of shit than, okay, well you have no money now. Yeah. But, I mean, I could see it. it it's, 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 you know, when I say I want them in jail and stuff like that, or I want them, I, I want there to be, 
consequences. But I mean, honestly, like how deep down this rabbit hole do we go? We'll go, we'll go semi deep. Sure. I guess I want to get into like the motivations. Yeah. Let's do that first. There in every state in the country, there is a spit greased handshake going on in every single administration from local to federal office of people expropriating state funds and misusing state power for their own wealth. Like my, there's this lady. So my biological grandmas are dead. There's this really sweet lady named Kathy who has just kind of become my grandma over the years because she used to work with my dad in the in the 90s and like ever since i can remember we've been doing holidays with like kathy and her family yeah and uh yeah like she um she lives over in a city called bremerton across the the water to the west of seattle and the there was like a city uh like the city the head civil engineer and um whatchamacallit um, yeah, like so. planner, okay. Uh, sort of. It's like yeah, it's like an engineer, and yeah, they did have like some um input over city planning, but they they basically went around the city and helped their friends expropriate actual property from people. So my grandma lived on the side of this street, and on the other side of the street, there's a house. Um, there's a house like that has the other half of this easement. Like the street was built as an easement through these two properties originally. Um, mm-hmm. So the, because of the city ordinance, like you can't necessarily build on it uh, unless you get special permission. And under this corrupt city manager, um, the neighbors brought this fake petition over to my grandma's house. and was like, Hey, we're going to, Oh, you know, I've heard of this, city. this method. Yeah. Yeah. Like they did have yeah. a, I think they did actually have like a some kind of childcare thing going on, like a, you know, daycare or whatever. But they were like, hey, we're going to expand the daycare to be outside and have a couple of parking spots. And we needed to get permission from the, the neighbors to allow the parking spot on our part of the easement. Um, what do you right. think? And they put like a couple of like fake neighbor signatures and shit on it, and then got my oh my sign like, yeah, we'll support your uh, your parking spots, whatever. I don't have any problem with that. And then they like took part of her property, and the same um, city manager and engineer people uh, did this for like several of their friends and themselves in several different Jesus. places across the city. And that's at like the most local level. You can go all the way up to the state. Um, you can go to interstate funded projects and find the same right. thing. Um, so that explains like the governor's half, like there may be a more, uh, robust, flavorful version of that corruption in the South, but it's not definitely not unique to there. But the other thing is like with Brett Favre, most, um, American celebrities and also, you know, that, that there's no exception for really prominent athletes way more of them are going to end up doing the kind of like Michael Jordan method than the Justin Jackson type of thing or than right, the right. Um, Colin Kaepernick. Like it's just way more likely that they're going to, you know, be driven by 
like a personal wealth and trickle down economics is going to be muddled in their brain. Yeah. Um, or they might just have like a strong disdain for the poor, you know, all the way from Reagan through the Rush Limbaugh era of like, you know, dissing people who need these public programs really desperately and using the limited examples of, um, of kind of corruption uh, or misusing these funds as a reason to deny the vast majority of people who don't misuse the funds, the, the right. resource, like that's going to be way more in there. And I think somebody like Brett Favre or any like pro player actor, you name it is going to be way more likely to become like a Bono, George Clooney, Michael Jordan, than, yeah. uh, than a Muhammad Ali. Like Muhammad I Ali is a really, you know, yeah, can't, he's, there can't be enough praise given to Muhammad Ali. He's a special, special, he was a special, special guy. No, no doubt about that. But I do think that there's something uniquely, there's something unique about this Brett Favre situation in that even someone like, you know, let's take the, an example of like a, an ardent capitalist and, and Michael Jordan, right? Even he, now he owns a team. Uh, he has made, over a billion dollars in his career and his endorsements. I mean, Jordans are huge and he is, he is the guy on the shoe. Uh, but I don't, sure. He's going to be making money within the system, but I mean, Brett Favre was already doing all of that, right? He's doing the endorsements. He's doing the Wrangler jeans and he's doing the, you know, the, the Hyundai commercials and the, the Sensodyne toothpaste, he already has sources of income. I think what's so crazy to this one about me is just how, like from even from a brand management standpoint, so many of these people like Michael Jordan wouldn't really risk doing something like this, even if it was in their heart to do so, because it's so, it's, it's almost cartoon villain evil. You know, it's almost like it's completely irredeemable. There's not, a, there's not like a, a both sides to this argument, right? There's not, there's not a an opposite. You can't argue in good faith that, well, you know, that money shouldn't have gone to the uh, those people who cannot economically sustain themselves. It's good to take from them. Like, it's so unnecessarily evil on Brett Favre's part that I'm still having trouble understanding it. So while I take your point, like most athletes, yeah, they got, they're going to go the route of uh, the Michael Jordans more, or even someone like LeBron James, who he'll speak out on all these social issues that are okay, but as soon as it comes to China or something, he's like, hey, I don't, don't touch my money. You know, he'll, he'll have a completely different stance. Um, but this is just, this just seems to go way lower than was even necessary it's it's completely uncalled for uh what do you think i agree um but like from 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 that standpoint then like the uh the plethora of hollywood actors and talk show hosts who will do paid segments for major corporations or yeah knowingly take uh pointers from the intelligence agencies i mean part of it is like sure their worldview 
and their mentality. And so like Brett Favre may have a particularly fucked up worldview mentality. I mean, everybody probably remembers somebody from your middle school and high school, maybe even early college years who was really into the sports program at your school and were just a total douche. Like they, they, they were just a little mini version of their, their dad with less, um, you know, with less social skills or, you know, like maybe good social skills to gain uh, popularity uh, in the conventional sense, but not enough social skills to not be a complete asshole. And, um, you know, there's also at the same time, the other athletes who are like to some, you know, they're, they're across a, a variation of personality and some of them are just very hardworking, humble, uh, you know, whatever, just like that's what they love to do. And it doesn't get into their ego. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a hundred football, there's probably 500 football players in the, in the, the paid sphere of, of not, not, maybe not paid, but like in the college and paid yeah. sport, uh, sphere who are just really hardworking and, their ego is attached completely to their prowess in their sport and it has nothing to do with their ability to get away with shit, like breaking the rules or being kind of a you know, yeah. boy, better word. But that's, I mean, keep, keep going. I just, I, I don't think I, I, if, if the idea is that Brett Favre was interested in breaking the rules or has some sense of his ego tied to that. I mean, this guy's pretty fucking vanilla, Right. And and just about everything he's a Wrangler jeans guy, you know he's <laughs> he's he's not like you know he's almost like you know the type that um is like well my mama said don't do this my mama said do this I like to play football I like to throw balls far and hard I like to play and I you know just gets touched on it's that <laughs> part that's like you know it's it's almost like if it was just ego I mean we're also talking about a guy who straight up uh, sends or has sent unsolicited dick pics to multiple people. And honestly, bro, your dick's not that impressive. Okay. You should not be, uh, look, unsolicited dick pics, always a no, but especially if you got like, if you, dude, if you got a mid ass dick, do you know how fucking, (laughs) do you know how bullshit it is to be like, yo, I'm not only does no one want a dick pic, but I'm going to send them a dick pic of a, of of, a fucking nothing ass dick. It's like, bro, come on, bro. Like, (laughs) So when I think maybe that's the one part with his ego is the dick pic, but like everything else, this isn't someone who was trying to like, I I have such a hard time understanding his motivations because in every other way he has, I mean, he has biographies about him being an American hero. He's got all this shit out there where he's just, he could just ride off into the fucking sunset and spend $5 million of his money. But what? kind of like corrupt ass like you could say that about any one of the um you know pasty sun deprived oligarchs who are you know gleefully selling your data to the highest bidder and oh 100 flying with the you know but none of them tracks from the military they they have none of them could play football they will ever figure out what to do with 
Of course, the money side, I get, I get like the, but I get people almost more who are like the pasty oligarch types because their ego comes from their ability to have made all that money and to dominate with that money on top, right? Like yeah. that's, that's what built them up to begin with. It's if they could play football, listen, if fucking Jeff Bezos could play football, he would have never done all that discover or making Amazon into a company just so he can try to get a nut. Like, that dude is not – come on. He would have been fucking already. He's playing football. You know, if, if he could play at that level. That's what I'm talking about with someone like Brett Favre though. It's like he's he's in the Hall of Fame. He's He's got biographies made about him. Like the movie that was going to be made about Brett Favre was not going to be like the social network. It was going to be like Rudy or some shit. You know, like <laughs> here's our hero. You know, like everyone puts him up on his shoulders. You saved Wisconsin, Mr. Favre. Yeah, I did. And I just love playing football, wearing Wrangler motherfucking jeans. And that's the whole that's movie. You know, football. that's how deep it goes. You said what? <laughs> oh, I said, now throw that ball good. I throw it far. That's right. I throw it nice and far. I get it right down there. Another dude catches it. And then the ball's over there. But like the the fact that like some guy, like <laughs> I interview that's every play like brett what did you do well i just threw, I threw the ball far and uh it just uh he got into the zone and we we made a touchdown that's every interview and they ask him questions after every game brett what did you do the same thing i did last time i just threw the ball real far but like that's brett, why that's i don't amazing. understand you said what i said brett that's amazing can you tell us more yeah uh well i just take arm right here and I put the ball in it, and then I just go, yeah, and I throw that ball real far. <laughs> but if you notice how I do it a little bit different, you notice how far out in front my pinky is? Yeah. Now, that's always been a special part of my technique. I call it that's the right. Farve. The Farvey? Yeah, I call it the no, Farvey. Okay, so it's, it's the same thing. I I, <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to I'm gonna keep going on this bit if we don't stop it. But, yeah, it's the same. I know. we got we got to chill before we embarrass ourselves more. Nah, it's worth it. It's fun. <laughs> We're here to have fun too. Yeah, I I was gonna tell a dick pic story. I, it's actually not about oh. me. I've never been a uh, a dick picker, but I don't know if that's really if this is really the time and place. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's to, it's a Fred Hampton Inn Suites. It's a safe space. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Send I had sending big ass dick pics. Okay, go for it. No mid ass dick pics. Oh, mid ass. Uh, okay, yeah. 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 No, I had a friend. Uh, well, have a friend, and mm -hmm. had another friend in high school. My friend had a big crush on my other friend, and um, so she's at this like decorate the gym night before there was a basketball game, and this other guy named uh, uh, we'll call him we'll call him Dave. He um, he was fucking with my other friend, and she left her her phone like in her gym bag over on the side of the gym while she was like putting up stringers and shit for before a basketball game or whatever you could get like service hours doing this you had to get service hours every year in high school uh get a certain number yeah. so while she's putting up like stringers and confetti and stuff my uh this other guy he wasn't really my friend i just he was in my, my class and he took her phone which was not locked or anything and um my my actual friend was like uh, trying to solicit some nude pictures from this girl he had a crush on. And so this other guy, Dave was like, you know what? Um, he started texting pretending to be my other friend. And he was like, 
hey, you know what? Okay, I'd be down, but you have to send me a dick pic first. And my, <laughs> my friend sent back, yes. sent back this like um, halfway hard uh, dick and balls up, like crammed onto a table. Uh, oh so man, like, the table! Just, oh baby, no! Like, Why do you need the table? On, like, the coffee table or something. Oh baby, no! Know, we like, eat like, there. Uh uh-uh. yeah, I, I hope he at least took like a wet wipe afterwards. And so then, so then Dave goes, "Oh fuck!" He actually sent it, and then just closed the phone and put it back in my other friend's bag. So then she had to oh, that's open funny. Her phone to that oh no! Anyways, yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. Okay. Don't be, don't be sending dick pics in general unless they are very clearly requested, um, and yeah. certainly not if you have a, if you have a mid piece, mid range. And certainly not if you're a NFL Hall of Famer and Super Bowl champion, um, or a man with the last but, name of Weiner. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Anthony Weiner! How funny was that though? See, but that guy had a little bit of a hog, so I'm not as upset. <laughs> You know, because he, he's packing a little bit. So it's like, all right, at least it's not super mid. You know, it's like, at least you're living up to your name, buddy. But yeah, I think if your last name is Wiener, there's a 100% chance that your dick is either tiny or enormous. It's, like, there's there's absolutely- no room. Exactly. There's yeah. no room for any anything in the or middle like, there. If, <laughs> if, it's in, if it's the middle size, it's like there's something really uh, also like seriously aesthetically disturbing about it. Yeah. Well... <laughs> And that's well, the story of how Brett Favre embezzled all this money. <laughs> it it really is though, but that's the thing is I I guess what what strikes me the most, and this is what I'll say about it really, is I don't understand the motivation. I I don't. It's so hard for me to understand the motivation here. Why it? Because again, it is so cartoonishly evil. It is so, and he knows it's bad. It's I understand the politicians who are doing it to some extent because. They're corrupt. They've chased power specifically to do this. Um, they're pieces of shit. They know how to play the system. They're hypocrites. They talk about welfare queens. Man, I wish, you know, the, the, the real penalty for this should be like you put those three in a room with all the people they've ever called a welfare queen and just see what happens. You know, just see what happens. Just let, uh, they're going to get stomped, dog. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I can't understand the motivations. I really can't. It's it's baffling know. to me. You could also you could also put them up with like um, people they call the welfare queen, who specifically were also really good at football in high school, and then they're on a dunk tank on top of wet concrete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I gotta. Like I gotta. After they get dunked and wipe all the wet concrete out of their eyelashes, so they can see again, then they have to watch their Hall of Fame awards get burned and redacted from the hall of fame right i don't know i I like that and also uh i just want to give a shout out real quick to dane who has uh from his comment down there in the chat has somehow caused me to (laughs) uh google image search brett Favre penis uh just to see just to see see what we're really working with here I want to see what kind of tropical freshwater fish Brett Favre's dick is descended from. I don't know, but it's probably not great. Um, all right. Well, I can't find a picture of it, and that's probably for the best. I Is that it? Yeah. What is that? Is that it? What is that? <laughs> what, what the fuck is that, that for real, though? Is that really it? It looks like some guy putting his finger 
through a hole in his pants. And maybe that's what it is. I, I don't know what the fuck this is. You know what? I regret oh, this. Man. I very much regret no this. Kidding, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for calling, Andrew. I, I appreciate yep. it. Good, it was good talking with you. Fun. All right. Take care. <sighs> Why did I do that? I I don't know what. The, okay. <laughs> hey, Rudy. What's going on? Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. Biden, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. You know, just scratching and surviving. Nice, nice. <laughs> you know, I was um, I was looking up some like greetings from Nigeria, but it's way too complicated. Yeah. Okay. You could say like how far or something yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah. Actually, wait, wait. Yeah, actually, that is a Nigerian thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How far? I was watching a soccer player who just said who said that. I was thinking he was Ghanaian, but he's actually Nigerian. Yeah, it may have some crossover to it, but yeah, a lot of Nigerian soccer players, that's for sure, though. They, that's they're, true. they're right there with you and their love for the real football, uh, not this American shit that we're you, playing. You thought I was angry with you. I was the first one angry. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, when I, when I was talking about not that dumb European football. <laughs> you know, I'm just trolling, dude. Our, our football is dumb. We America had to, uh, didn't have the nation to play football, so we just added a lot of violence and concussions and called it a day. Uh, I, I still, I'd have to look at the history of how football became football in America. I don't. There's zero crossover between the two, really, besides a field. Hey man, but, don't let the supremacists uh, fool you. Watch um, South South Africa play uh, soccer. The South Africans are amazing. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I know, like all of the, yeah, I I know I say Europe, but Africa, I mean, the one cool thing about soccer in particular is that you don't need very much to play it. Mm -hmm. And so people all over the world play it and they're all pretty good, you know, Mm. Uh, and Africa. Yeah, my dad was like a, he says he was a semi-professional footballer, (laughs) but I feel like I feel like that's a lot of African fathers who be saying shit like that. <laughs> you know, like, it they really just played father. with their homies. It wasn't my father. Oh, yours, yours said it, it too? My, yeah. It was my father's, uh, my father's friend. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Man, you know, one thing that I've appreciated about this um, recent scandal with uh, Brett Favre, it's the amount of, um, you know, football players that are coming out and basically, you know, finally giving it to him because they've known that he was an asshole for a while. But like, yeah, or that you can really say anything because if you say it and said anything, then, you know, Brett Favre is going to get rid of you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Like uh, uh, the mafia who'll make you disappear just like those those dick pics of his, which I have not been able to find. Uh, that's, how, that's how powerful these guys were, the quarterbacks. And it was always a yeah. white mob, you know. It was uh, yeah. Illuminati. Not actual Illuminati, but it was it's it's like a guild of sorts. Well, you know, it's 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 funny you mentioned that because it's I think there's a lot of truth to it, at least there in in the appearance of that being true. And I'll explain. I mean, you know, you see stuff like I remember when Michael Vick, uh, and I'm not here defending anyone who does that to dogs, uh, but Michael Vick was running like a dog fighting ring, and I know he was still playing at the time, but he went to jail for 
went to prison for like a year and a half, two years or something like that for his dog fighting. And it was a story forever. And, and people didn't want to accept him when he got out and eventually reentered the league. And look, it was, but when you think of just like, is there going to be any consequence for Brett Favre literally defrauding people who needed welfare? Like, that's crazy to me. Like, when I when I think of scales of, like, how evil something is, and it's hard to measure, you know, a lot of the times, but for something like this, I just would, like, look at the shit Colin Kaepernick got just for kneeling, yeah. you know? All he did was fucking kneel. They kicked him out of the league. Right. And people yeah. wanted him to be, like, in prison and stuff, you know? Like, people, I know that's just all the dumb people online saying stupid shit, but... I, I think one thing that bothers me about the story is I'm not seeing the same kind of vitriol from people about how like disgusting and disturbing it is. Well, I mean, if you look at um, ESPN guys, they've been talking about it. And, I hear that. Yeah, and I am pretty sure there's a decent of you know black players, other players that have been looking at um, uh, the NFL punishing black players for you know shit that should be punish uh, punishable. Some of it. Um, the Kaepernick stuff, like there's, um, remember there was, um, what was the name? Sherman. There were a few sort of Richard Sherman. Um, sort of, yeah. Richard Sherman was one of the guys that was speaking out and like, so there were, there's a decent amount of like conscious players. Right. And so, yeah, even the non very conscious players, they saw what was happening and they felt some type of way, but they couldn't really say anything. But like now is yeah. getting to them. And so I'm, <laughs> No, I think you're 100% right about that. Actually, oh, am I still, am I here? Because part of my internet's working and then you're another here. part of, okay, I'm here. Okay, we're all here. Well, I was going to play a clip from um, Shannon Sharp, who is on uh, ESPN, just talking about this. And that was actually, it was interesting to hear his comments because he was not holding back. Um, right. And I think he has, he sums up part of it quite nicely. Let me see if I can find it. Maybe play a little clip just to give people a better idea of what we're talking about here. I don't know. Let me see. Where would it be? Where does it even start? What it might have had for him, he's a kid. If anybody told you, say, oh, this kid, he's going to break Kareem's record. That's not him either. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, no, that's just, that's about LeBron James. What the fuck? Why would I need to know that? Brett Favre, okay. Um, let's see. Let's see if it comes up. Yeah, there we go. All right, yeah, let's let's play a little bit of this clip. Now, this is, a lot of the people who are speaking out against this the most are former NFL players, uh, people who I guess have been encouraged to hear uh speak out, but I just hear some of Shannon Sharp's comments. Uh, he's a former NFL player too. Uh, goes on ESPN. What's it called? Undisputed with, uh, what's his name? Skip Bayless. But usually I, I would not give a shit about this, but I'll play a little bit for, for everyone to hear. Sure. All right, here we go. 
Yesterday, an investigation by Mississippi Today found that Brett Favre, along with the help of a former Mississippi governor, obtained welfare funds to help build a new volleyball center at the University of Southern Mississippi. Shannon, how much do you think this could tarnish Brett Favre's legacy? Well, I don't think nothing can tarnish it. Because if you go back and look at his history when he played in the NFL, it should have tarnished it already. I Damn. thought the people that was in the room when Brett Favre went to the Hall of Fame, and nobody mentioned about text messages that he sent to that Jet masseuse. Nobody mentioned about the addiction that he suffered from. But yet, T.O., they brought up everything. Can you imagine if T.O. would have had an incident, incidents like Brett Favre off the field? T.O. still, to this day right now, would not be in the Hall of Fame. Yet they walk right past it like Brett Favre did nothing. That is true. I give you that. The problem that I have with this situation, you got to be a sorry mofo Mm -hmm. to steal from the lowest of the lowest. Mississippi is the poorest state in our country. It's citizens. So if they're the poorest state, Brett Favre is taken from the, 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 uh, uh, the underserved. You made a hundred plus million dollars in the NFL. And the about what he didn't know. This is what Brett Favre take. If you want to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? So if you gotta ask this, if you gotta ask this question, is there any way the media can find out? You already know you're doing something wrong. The mere fact that you don't want anybody to know. So you know you're doing something wrong. And Skip, he wanted to seem so so philanthropic. He wanted to change the perception of the narrative. He take money for some damn volleyball arena. Well, his, his, his daughter played play. so. So you, oh, you see what Brad Favre did for his album model? Mm-hmm. No, he didn't get no money. Came out his pocket. He stole money from people that really needed that money. Yeah. Man, this is this is embarrassing. And he not know when Ted DiBiase, a former wrestler, even Marcus Dupree. A great running back at your old the school that you love that you love growing up, Oklahoma. He got money. How can you got to be really low to take from the poor of the poor? To, Brett, you ain't got enough money. Okay, Skip, listen. You don't. Okay, you know you're not supposed to have this. But how am I gonna give the damn speeches? They paying you to give speeches and you didn't even give the speeches, and now you won't even pay the money back. And they fired one of the guys that, that, that say he tried to recoup the money. They fired him to about when he was a Clinton appointee. It, it was political. Yeah. Shouldn't you get the money back? It has nothing to do with politics. The man got the... And this is what we know. Scared when black and brown people do, do fraud the government, they do. They hell bit. Mm-hmm. You get an EBT card and you get WIC and you get stuff like that. Boy, they move heaven and earth to try to put you in jail for 400 little million dollars. Fact. Now this man done took a million dollars. Somebody got three million. Somebody got four hundred thousand. Yeah. And they sitting around like, well, well, you know, it, it happened, and we'll see. And they're gonna get more money, do it all over again. And to your point, the Mississippi Department of Human Services had to file a civil lawsuit against Brett Favre because he had not paid back the interest he owed on the one point one million that he was fraudulently given right. for giving no speeches. Right. right. And he won't even pay the one point one back. He won't even pay the interest on the money. Right. It's two hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars you got to be really low yeah you got to be really low and 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 people and 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 politicians yeah so that's that's the the gist of the uh the coverage that shannon sharp is doing actually listen back on that now it's kind of kind of (laughs) badass like shannon sharp well done uh basically just expressed everything that i felt about the situation too and you know, that food stamps example is exactly right. Like if I, I've known people who are prosecuted for 
food stamps fraud, you know, for buying too much food with food stamps. And here we are, you know, the guy actually defrauding the program that funds food stamps. Hey, Biden, so how, how much is this basically a, a type of change that's happening in the, you know, NFL? Would, would he had had as much criticism if this was happening in the time of Kaepernick, is what I'm wondering? Or Well, there have been know. some some fundamental changes to the national landscape since the Kaepernick time. Um, the George Floyd thing his murder i think really forced the nfl to change its position on kaepernick did they want to i don't think so no did the owners want to no they didn't i mean we forget that kaepernick won money from the nfl owners because they illegally schemed to keep him out of the league um and that was you know that was I think they was proven well they ended up settling the case, but they they I think they ended up settling the case. But this was they went put it this way, they they conspired to keep him out of the league for just kneeling during the fucking national anthem. Today, now I don't know who exactly is kneeling during them or anything, but um, you know, when they're doing that, when Brett Favre again, has had these incidents before. Uh, I didn't know about the he was addicted to drugs thing. And I don't really blame him for that. Like, you know, whatever. Addiction sucks. Anyone who gets addicted to something, like, we have a whole discussion about how I think there's a problem with treating addictions as like a some kind of a moral failing, even though it can lead to people doing some pretty heinous acts. But, you know, that aside, the... Like all the all the stuff that should have actually been a scandal and him still getting into the Hall of Fame, I think I think Shannon's making a, a really good point. And the the fact that this isn't a bigger story to me, that this isn't the main story being talked about twenty four seven on the news cycles for all these sports shows, I think is I think it's somewhat of a protectionist. There's some of that protectionism that was there for and and uh, there during the Kaepernick days has not disappeared, even though the veneer of the NFL now is very much more like end racism, very much more uh, trying to have the appearance of being forward thinking. Right. I, I, I mean, look, there was do you remember are you an, uh, an, a basketball fan, Rudy, or I stopped watching uh, when. They cheated Steve Nash. Yeah. Okay. So Steve Nash, that was way back when, dude. Oh, my God. He must have been so hurt. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry about that. That's a... You remember that. They cheated him. They elbowed him in the nose. They elbowed yeah. They kneed him in the balls. That was the most criminal game I've ever seen. That's yeah. It was bad, but, you know, I came up watching some of the 90s Bulls and the Bad Boy Pistons and stuff, so I was used to seeing some dirty shit. Um, but, you know, that being said, the the uh, the NBA had a season during COVID, during the bubble season. Uh, are you aware, like, they came, they stopped the season when the COVID emergency started in the USA and resumed it by basically renting out an entire bubble stadium 
like a whole facility in, I think it was Disney World or something in Florida. And they had everyone to be in there. It was a complete quarantined league where no one was allowed to, it was so crazy, but they had this whole bubble where they were in there for the season, for the remainder of the seasons. And they did the playoffs and everything there too. But during that season, you know, during one of the games, um, the George Floyd murder happened like before one of the games. Right. And the the Milwaukee Bucks were scheduled to play against, I forget who. They were scheduled to play against another team in the bubble. And before the game started, the, 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 like the Bucks went out there and the other team, they all went out there onto the court and then they all just walked off. And they didn't play the game. They said, we can't be playing basketball right now when we live in a country that's still willing to do that. So this season, the rest of the basketball season was suddenly, it was basically a general, like a, a strike almost, right? Like a player strike suddenly in the middle of this season that almost didn't get to be finished. And owners were freaking out and people were trying to be like, well, we understand where the players are coming from. And they're doing it not because that's going on in their league, but because of something with the state of the world, it was a it was a collective political statement. It was Colin Kaepernick, but all of them. And yeah, and the Messiah, you know, the Messiah. Yeah, go ahead, Rudy. You continue. You you know how this goes. Why don't you tell people how this was resolved? What happened? Well, from what I understand, and I was on the um, on the other side of the world, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, so they basically got together and i can't remember if it was chris um what's his name chris uh, paul is one of them he's the, and he was the head of the nba players association at the time exactly, exactly. so his role confused me because it seemed to me that he was one of the ones that was pushing for it but at the last minute he sort of uh, approached um mr snow barack obama and you know told these guys that what they have to do is sort of surrender you know, the, their their leverage, which was the moment which was like everybody's basically cooped up at home and the NBA is the only thing that brings them joy and they really have the owners by the balls. And he told them that basically get together one of those uh, groups that they threatened Bernie Sanders with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's, that's right, yeah. you know. Uh, the the neoliberal king, um, I say that like I I'm talking a big game, y'all. But I was basically, I'll put my cards on the table. I mean, I'm I'm basically a recovering liberal at this point in the way that I've been raised and everything. So I, I'll call Barack Obama the neoliberal king, but you know it's a bit of a pot calling a kettle black to some extent, right? Like I'm still, I'm just now waking up to the fact that like oh this. The system, it's not just a side of the system. The entire thing is really bad, right? But Barack Obama comes in, talks to these players, and basically tells them, you know, I understand how you feel. And, uh, you know, well, you just got to play some basketball. Just go on out there and uh, don't worry about the corruption. Don't worry about the fact that the state just keeps killing people who look like you and the big problems and whatever. And they play basketball and they finish the season. And now that's just going to be a moment that happened instead of like a, a movement. And I, I, mm, 
Yo, can I say something, Biden? Go so, ahead. I like that uh, point you made, right? So my point originally was like Shannon Sharpie's basically trying to get out a problem that he's had with this guy. It's sort of a personal problem, but it's uh, right. somewhat bigger, right? Um, for the long time, these guys have been assholes and basically been protected. You know, these guys were like beyond reproach. I mean, Tom yeah. Brady, all of these motherfuckers could have done anything. And yeah. They, you know, they were basically in, you know, Belichick and Brady was just like, you know, these people were basically in bed together. You know, this is how strong these relationships were. And so I think part of me being a cynic and all of that, I'm like, you know, this guy's just trying to, you know, kick Brett, Brett Favre while he's down because, you know, it's just what it is. And right, right. now, I think basically the NFL has to, something has to give. And so, basically, I think the the sacrifice is these sort of golden gooses, you know, once upon a time. Um, but then, you know, that point you made about sort of the potential of, you know, these, these um, you know, many of them once upon a time poor, you know, now, you know, very wealthy. The potential of these guys to, you know, be woken up by the moment. And so, this could be one of those things, you know, like we all have blinders and shit, so... I might be, you know, um, attacking Shannon Sharp. So, like, no. No, I think no. I th- I think that's fair. I, I don't know what their history was, um, but his point, whether even if it was personally motivated here, I mean, all of his points still stand, right? Like he he didn't say anything wrong as far as the you have to be a sorry mofo to be doing something like that. And I don't know, I, I do think, I don't know. I'm trying to just think back to really why I really wanted to cover this story. And it really is because I think, I think that is a political force that we are constantly running up against is a force that is like what Brett Favre did here. It's a club that, it's all these people who say that they believe in something or that they, this is really about family values, this or that. And constantly, if you just look at what they're doing, it's always just about getting themselves richer and they don't, you know, they don't care who they hurt along the way. They'll take from, they don't want people to eat. They just don't want them to. They don't care if they do. Even if it's just for something as stupid as a, fucking volleyball stadium for a university that your daughter is going to be at for like four years or eight, however long it's going to take her. We believe in her. She's doing her best, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, I, I think that is sort of the, it's the same thing, which, which is going on with the stock trading ban in Congress right now. It's all these people who think, who want you to think that they're for it, but really they don't give a fuck. They don't want you to stop them from trading stocks. They don't want to ban on that shit. I mean, I covered last week on the show that the number one volume trader uh, uncovered in, I think, the last two years, and this was a, a New York Times report, but the person who has traded the most stocks in most different companies and has the most potential conflicts of interest with the committees that he sits on uh, is Ro Khanna, who's supposed to be this progressive who is, you know, about getting rid of the influence of money in politics, about Medicare for all, about these things. Yet his wife and his household is trading stocks like nobody's fucking business. 
hundreds and thousands of stocks just being traded. And I am so tired of that shit. I am so tired of these motherfuckers, man. And I want them to, I want, they are showing us who they are. And I think we just need to look and more people need to see this. So when I see this far story and I'm just like, man, really? Like, I want people to know about it because I think it's, it's like a, it's a microcosm of our politics currently as a whole. We. Yeah. There's definitely a kink in the armor that has been created by this. I don't know yeah. how it is. You know, I don't know if we're able to expand it, but there's definitely a chink. And I'm, but unfortunately, you know, I had a room about this the other day. Basically, the, the craziness of living in a world of 6 billion people versus living in a village where yeah. who has money does some bullshit like this. Everybody just basically, like, doesn't have sex with him and he dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right that guy is a dick stop <laughs> fucking him okay nobody <laughs> fuck that guy he's an asshole all right we're good. <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna leave um voltaire's a good man he was, <laughs> he was um, in the, uh, the chat so i'll just leave <laughs> yeah he's been I, i've been following along the chat's very funny but thank you rudy i uh I appreciate you calling in. And maybe that's the solution is we just stop fucking them. Uh, <laughs> if only it were that easy, dude, dude, I'd be the best. Cause I'm already not fucking Brett Favre. So it's like, I am killing it. Uh, Voltaire. Uh, welcome to the Fred Hampton and sweets. Thanks for calling in. Oh yeah. Thanks for, uh, uh, having me on. I sort of like, was just, I put my phone down and was just digging around for something. And I don't even think I'm into, uh, yeah fuck it let's do it <laughs> who gives a shit <laughs> i really enjoyed your interview with brett Favre earlier oh thank you yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy that he came on this that it's pretty wild that he even was down to do that yeah i can't believe he actually did that he's uh he's a wild guy he just does not give a fuck he just, apparently. yeah he just does you know yeah he think he just he just he just does yeah but, i told him yeah. that there would be more money for him to steal if he came on <laughs> And he went, oh, there's really? A, there's a baby with a lollipop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So, uh, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts, Voltaire? What do you, what do you think mean, about this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, I was hearing bits and pieces of it, and I didn't really read up on it until, like, just now while I was listening to y'all. Like, and it's... It is really shocking because, like, when I'm hearing people be like, oh, this is, like, one of the worst scandals that an NFL player has done or whatever, I'm like, I mean, surely I can think of at least one worst thing an NFL player has done. But, like, um, fucking, uh, then I look into it and I'm like, wow, this is genuinely super fucked up because it's, like, he specifically stole from like the most needy people in the yeah. poorest state. And he knew that's what he was doing, right? Like, yeah. like he just thought he was in some kind of hedge fund or, or whatever, you know? Right. Like he, he knew what he was doing. And um, yeah, and I, I also really enjoyed the um, discussion of how this is just sort of indicative of celebrity culture, you know? Because like so many of these people, they put on this public face of being, you know, progressive or downfall these causes or whatever. I think Gal Gadot is a good example of that. Like, 
you know, she's always doing these commercials for whatever and, and doing right. like, singing Imagine on Twitter or, or what have you. Oh my God. It's like, she's a, like an IDF soldier. Like she's like doing horrible things in for on behalf of Israel, you know? Yeah. She's personally gone out like and done it. And so it's like, you know, a lot of them, it, I think what happens is you get to this level of fame and in, in fortune and you're just such in an and like in a bubble. You're so out of touch in a way that I think most yeah. can't even really imagine. To where yeah, it, it I mean at least with some of them, I think they, and I I bet Brett Favre may have even had something like this where he had some justification in his head, you know, where he's like, this isn't like a wrong, this isn't wrong, like I deserve this or whatever, you know, and yeah. it's like. And I think that's how a lot of them are because they're surrounded by yes men. And so unless you're somebody with like a good moral compass like Colin Kaepernick, you're, you're almost guaranteed that you're going to lose your way in some some fashion, you know? Yeah. You have, they have like Matt Damon like and all these other celebrities. Like yeah. All that crypto shit that they've yeah. been doing. And, you, you know, know. He was one of the good ones, you know? He was yeah. Like, yeah. About and teacher like, unions, you know, just a Boston yeah. boy trying to – yeah. Get some teachers paid and everything. Yeah, I remember yeah. him going off on a reporter one time who asked him like a, a condescending question about teachers, and he said, yeah, "I remember that." And I was like, "This is hey, Brad David, you know, yeah, he'll never be do anything super cringy or bad." Yeah, you know what I mean. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> whoops. And then there's that, maybe there's that commercial where he's like, yeah. He's like, we're real. He's like, you buy cryptocurrency and this is like a fucking pussy or whatever. Yeah, like, what are you, <laughs> fucking gay? You better get some cryptocurrency, <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. You're 100% right about that. Yeah. It's it's wild, you know? And it's like I, with the Michael Jordan thing, you know? Like, he, he had that famous, like, Republicans buy shoes too speech. Yeah. Speech, but, like, quote, and, like, he made a shit ton of money from the prison industry, like investing in private prisons. Oh, fuck, he did? Yeah. Fucking this guy. <laughs> I know. God. Oh, fuck. And it's like, man, because it's like, you know, I was born in 89, so I grew up like... Okay, what up? What up, homie? 89s? 80s, babies? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, I grew up loving Michael Jordan. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, me too. Like, me too. Um, um, I was... Someone on YouTube, it was uh, Mr. Sunday Movies, was like, uh, everybody in the 90s loved Michael Jordan. He was the Michael Jordan of, of being of playing basketball. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. He was... like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like there's like Space Jam, there's all like the video games, there's all this like commercials and all of that right. stuff. And so, I mean, you know, when I got to be like an adult and started learning about how he like, didn't give a shit about sweatshops he like made money through prisons you know what i mean and all that he just kind of had these like weird callous responses when people would ask him about stuff like that too where it's like it's like it's hard to just see him playing basketball or him being in a movie with bugs bunny or whatever you know it's like i look at him now and i see the fucking i see like a donald trump type person you know yeah and it's like and i think that this Brett Favre thing, I guess, is like a more extreme example of that, but, uh, it, or just maybe more blatant, you know, maybe more out in the open. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, the prison thing is bad; mm-hmm. it's really bad. But this, you could even in that situation, if you in your brain could say something like, "Well, these people are in prison, so they're bad people." Yeah, and then I'm sure he told himself stuff like that. Something he now you're just stock in some kind of bundled or some bullshit. Right, right. It got bundled or something like that, and that you know. And look, if you have financial asset managers and shit like that, that 
I guess that could happen, mm-hmm. but buying individual stock in prison is still like it's fucking yeah. divest that shit immediately yeah. if that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. But like the Brett Favre thing again is so it it is so unjustifiable mm-hmm. on every level. There's not I it's so like I keep going back to cartoonish. It's because it's just it makes no it's it's so evil. It's almost like he's intentionally trying to be evil. It's like you know, yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, right. He's, he's twirling like, his mustache, right? Like he wants to start his villain arc real yeah. hard, and so he wants to just solidify it immediately with something that's like super evil. And yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I really don't. It's, it's. I'll never be able to watch something about Mary again. <laughs> yeah, because I, you know. Is that was he? Oh yeah, he's a boyfriend. He's like yeah, he's a fucking boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. God. I don't know what baby just think of that, but I was like, oh yeah, he's in a movie. It was a pretty fun movie. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was good. Come in the hair, pretty good. Like, Dick in the zipper, know, good shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like as, as far as sports scandals go, I mean, it's really like it's just like a step, maybe like one step below, you know, fucking like. OJ Simpson, you know what I mean? Honestly, like, yeah, in, yeah. In terms of just, like you said, like indefensible, like you can't just be right. Like, oh well, here's the upside of stabbing your wife, or you know, it's like yeah, you, there's a lot of benefits you're not thinking about yeah. here, fellas. Yeah, yeah. The long term, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 fucked. It's completely fucked, and and it's so I I don't know. I just think it. It's it, it, Crystal Ball said this on Breaking Points, and I just I think this is why the story is staying with me. But she was talking about how this story is just the perfect example of, you know, uh, what was it like c- c- capitalism, or, or or like socialism for the rich, rugged yeah. capitalism for the poor, mm-hmm. and for all the fucking talk that these people will talk about like the free market and you know mm-hmm. capitalism being the best and when you see them robbing the cof- the coffers of the of the government like sucking up all that socialism for themselves and then trying to tell people they should be mad at student debt forgiveness of $10,000 each it just mm-hmm. fuck it it's so hypocritical and shamelessly yeah. hypocritical and they appropriate the same language that like actual leftists use yes like, so when you you know, abolish student loans. That's just going to help out the one percent. It's like fuck you. It's a handout. It's a government yeah. handout. Yeah. And it's you know, what about all the people who paid their loans, bitch? What about all the people who were supposed to get this welfare? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like they need to eat, you yeah. dick. Like you're yeah. you're over here building a volleyball stadium, and and for all the talk of like wasteful government spending. Mm-hmm. you're spending it on a fucking volleyball stadium too yeah. it's just it's that type of shit when when they're water they don't oh, have clean have drinking water is that what it is no she's she it's, volleyball it's, on ESPN. you know even if she had a future in volleyball her career earnings are going to be less than what it costs to build that stadium <laughs> yeah, you know probably, yeah. like there's just not a there's not a big volleyball market out there for <laughs> stuff you know yeah. maybe there should be but like yeah. it's there's something about the story that just it's it's so like comically evil and mm-hmm. hypocritical that I 
I just felt the need to shout it from the rooftops, you yeah, know? I think it was a good point that I think it was you that made the, about how it, it seems more, um, I guess, like kind of shocking coming when it's like someone that seems so like, like, like boring and normal. Right. Know? It's like, it's just, so it's like every old, any old random celebrity, you know, like he's not fucking, you know, like hella out there, like just you know, doing all sorts of crazy shit. All right. Time. He's like, he's like a grandpa or whatever, you know? And Here, like, he just throws football good. That's it, you know? Yeah, I just threw the football. You know? That's so it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what he do. He throw yeah. football good. But now he yeah. he throw football good and he... John Elway won. Well, no, he didn't. Yeah, he lost to John Elway. I guess he did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, he does that and then he steals from the poor. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and I, I, I bet that he won't get any. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get any kind of trouble with like the government or whatever. But as far as like his legacy with football goes, I don't think he'll get any repercussions other than people like Shannon Sharp who who are able to like speak out. But I think that's really all anyone's going to be able to do, you know, because he's so powerful it, as far as the NFL goes. And then yeah, like, you know when you compare that to what happened to, you know, like, like, like Ricky Williams for just smoking pot or like, um, um, like T.O. Like, did he even do anything? I think he just like talked shit a lot. Right. I forget what T.O. did. Honestly, I don't remember what, I think people just thought he was like, yeah, he just talked too much shit and they wanted to knock him down a little bit. Yeah. He like, yeah. He like smacked his butt on the cowboy star or some shit like that. That's he funny. Like made him like the villain. Come on, like, that's hilarious, hilarious dude. Funny, yeah. Just what happened to the spirit of competition? You yeah. snowflakes or whatever. You know, it's like what the fuck. It's like, hey, would would we have four hundred pound men giving each other concussions? We do it with class. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Respect the art. Yeah. The artistry. <laughs> you know, it's like, come yeah. on, man. No, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's true. I just, it's, it's so, I don't know. It's just such a weird, it's such a weird story for, for nothing and just amounts of money that would mean nothing to him mm-hmm. to pay out. And it's simply just, it, the only explanation is really like, fuck these guys. And as far as the consequences, I I do think, you know, taking him out of the Football Hall of Fame, I think, would be a blow to his ego. Yeah. I think something like that would actually be. And you know, does anyone actually care? It's like it's yeah. honestly, yeah. It's like most people wouldn't care, and the people who would be sad about it probably deserve to be sad about it. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, this is why we're doing it. So you're sad about it because you did a bad thing. Like, yeah, they're gonna. I think he would be. You know, you know, fucking Barry Bonds and all those people out of the MLB. Uh, Right for, for, doing for steroids. Like everyone does steroids in the end. In right, the baseball. It's, it's like you know, not to downplay it or whatever, but I mean, I guess kind of to downplay it because it doesn't right. seem like it's as big of a deal as like defrauding these organizations. It's not. It's not even close. It's just you. You put some shit into your body to make you ooga booga better. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's yeah. the whole. That's steroids. It's yeah. it's compared to if you can not be in the football hall of fame for that then defrauding people who are most in need for a fucking volleyball stadium should should be automatic out you know like 
throw the flag, get him out of there. <laughs> but is OJ Simpson in the Hall of Fame? I think he still is, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, that boy could run, though. I, I think it's just crazy that OJ Simpson is still alive and on Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. like it just seems like not that he yeah. shouldn't kill or anything, but it's just like he yeah. still exists and he's just he out there some chilling. Kind of video at the beginning of the pandemic about how the importance of like staying in your home or something like that, and all the responses were just like. What? You, like, you murdered your wife. You're OJ Simpson, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, he man. The naked gun, though. I know. Isn't that funny? He was. That's a nut. Like, even He's that shit. Movie, and I forgot he was in it. And like, I think last year or something, I sat down to watch it. And the opening credits. He's like the the last one in the credits because he's like the special celebrity casting or something. Yeah. And, like, and OJ Simpson. And I was like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it, we're in the weirdest timeline in a lot yeah. of ways, honestly. But yeah, I mean, Brett Favre couldn't even act. Mm-mm. You know. Less gifts than yeah, than Ben Stiller's script is wasted on him. I know completely, <laughs> completely. Yeah. Well. But, yeah. Um, I also appreciate you pointing out that Rokana um, did, did does so much of the um, stock trading because yeah, I didn't actually know that. I mean, I heard that he had done some of it. I didn't know he was like number one, and uh, it's so disappointing because you know i live in the bay area and so it's like right next to you know quote unquote silicon valley or whatever right. where i thought it was like amazing that he got elected when he first did because he was such like a he was like pushing back against the tech companies and he ran on like taxing them and all that kind of stuff right and i was like ready for him to like run for president and everything i was like i can't believe that these fucking techies voted him in you know and right then, like they <laughs> fucked up fucking stupid motherfuckers exactly like you dumbasses I, I can't yeah. believe you did it yeah and then he just kind of turned back on everything like he's done a couple of things in terms of like um trying like uh, tried to i believe tried to do a couple of things with the tech companies but nothing really significant and it's like yeah much was able to push gavin newsom around and then just leave anyway you know and it's just like i don't know it's it's one thing to be ineffective because it's hard to be effective as a progressive you know in Congress. but um to just do shitty things like the insider trading. I mean, that's like, it's unnecessary. Yeah, to capitulate like that yeah. mm-hmm. is is nuts to me. And 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 I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's Voltaire. It's one of the things that's made me also awesome fucking name by the way, Voltaire. <laughs> Very big fan of Candide over here. Um, but it, you know, it, it's one of the reasons I've been more and more convinced to go third party, and why I've I've become completely disillusioned with basically, you know, obviously Republicans, but the Democrats too, is because of this tendency for people to get in there and everyone's just playing ball nice with the very same powers and, and industries that we're supposed to be regulating and putting, keeping in check, you know, it's you like, because you see it happen yeah. in real time, you know. Yeah, like, you see it happen. You know, had Omar and stuff. Yeah, and it's like, I don't hate them as much as like so many people do. Like now, yeah, but, yeah, me know, too. I don't, I don't think they're hundred percent bad or anything, but I, but it is disappointing. Like they're, they're mostly disappointing. extremely, extremely, yeah. and 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 it's it's materially disappointing yeah. because it is we need people to go in there and fight against this type of corruption that we're seeing from like this Brett Favre scandal. We need people who are willing to go in there and regulate and 
fight like hell for the people who are on the ground. Yeah, and surely the thing in Mississippi isn't the only thing, isn't the only place oh, that this is happening. Oh, baby, no. No, it's everywhere, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's a... Look, Mississippi is bad, but even if we just look at things like infrastructure and the amount of corruption that's been going on around yeah. infrastructure, I mean, look, Mississippi's having their water crisis because of their infrastructure. Look at Michigan. Look at the fact that they were... People were drinking out of, you know, high concentrations of lead there, and their government, their Democratic government, tries to uh, cover it all up. It and now, been, Chicago. That was a long time ago too, like that's yeah. been going on for a while. Now, it has you know? been, and yeah, and like, people are drinking that water. water and... Yes, that that fucking guy, man. <laughs> fucking... It pisses me off so <laughs> much with Obama. Because, like, dude, well, like, you... Three times, technically, because I voted for him in the primaries. In LA. I know. I hear you. I hear you. It, uh, he was supposed to be, like... He reminds me of, like, Anakin Skywalker, you know? And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, you were supposed to be the chosen one! Yes. Like, that stuff. And then he's just like, oh, I, I, I hate you. <laughs> I hate Sam, and I hate you. But it's... You know, it's... He was supposed to be... And I wish I could have seen through some of that shit, you know? But, like, him going and drinking the water... How the fuck could you, man? Like, what you should be doing is uh, directing federal funds mm-hmm. to fix the infrastructure there. That's what it needs yeah. to be. And it's 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 wild because you'll see, like, the Ro Khanas and people who are voting to keep funding the war in Ukraine, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I'm not the best foreign policy guy out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I readily admit that. Mm-hmm. I think... I used to keep up with it a lot more. Like I used to be pretty knowledgeable about foreign policy. Yeah, but there's so much to keep up with that it's 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 a lot, and it's also you know the Russia Ukraine one in particular. There are there are a lot more nuances, but I will say from what I've understand from what I understand about it. That being said, the the everything is rah rah Ukraine. Everything is boo boo Russia narrative is simplistic and and also frankly just wrong at times uh or it it doesn't explain the entirety of the picture and the you know stuff the downplaying of stuff like the azov battalion and the the lack of our knowledge as to where the money for the weapons is going and the funding of the proxy war and the escalating of tensions all of that i wish had a lot more nuance uh in the discussions that we see especially on mainstream media right yeah, like uh, people can't see the parallels between this and like the Mujahideen and like right. the answers and stuff. And the, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it either. Like, I understand that Russia shouldn't be invading other countries, but it's like people. I remember when that first happened. People were like, "Wow, I can't believe we're going to be in wartime again." And it's like, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah, like what the We've fuck? We've been at war for twenty years. Right, <laughs> and we just, we, we just there. pulled out. We had just pulled yeah. out of Afghanistan, yeah, and it was only one of the like seven countries that we were in. Exactly, yeah. With the drone strike, that is one thing I'll give Biden to is his. He has reduced drone strikes significantly. If not, it's hard to find. I don't know if they're completely stopped right now or not. I, I, I don't know if that's true. If they're completely stopped, I have a hard time believing that there are no more drone strikes going on right now. But I do know he's pulled back quite a bit. Um, I mean, any one drone strike is too many. Just to you know, to be frank, but that that's something. But, but that's the thing, you know, is like the corrupting influence of of people who like Rokana who get into office and suddenly they're they're benefiting too much from mm-hmm. their position 
from the the insider trading which they have. And to, I'll be fair here. So Ro Khanna's training, at least this is what he's claiming. It's not him doing it. It's his wife, or as he likes to say, my wife's family, which we're only measuring your household, dude. So unless your wife has like another partner who has a whole nother family and they're living in your house and you're just like sitting in the chair watching them fuck, you know, like if you're doing that, congratulations, that's kind of sick. Like that's, (laughs) that's kind of badass that you're that sexually free, totally down for that. But like, let's not pretend it's based. (laughs) Yes. But let's, let's not pretend that you're not benefiting from those stock trades still. Yeah. So his, it's, it's his wife who's trading it, but as I understand it, it's not a blind trust. Mm-hmm. So any information relayed, I think it may be held in trust, but not a blind trust. So they can still see and influence um, the broker yeah. who is making the trades. And all you need to do, it doesn't matter if you're actually clicking the button to trade the stock. If you have the insider information and you tell your wife and your wife goes and tells your stock people, yeah, this is what happened. And then mm-hmm. the trust, you know, they... Uh, whoever's in charge of the trust account buys or sells based on that information. Well, then there you go. You know, it's, it's the same shit, different toilet. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to hear those excuses that Rokana is coming up with right now. And, and it's like, who's going to have better insider information than the fucking people in Congress? You know? Oh, they have a lot. Rokana on all kinds of like financial committees. He's on a lot. He's yeah. on a lot. You want me to pull it up? I still got that article. Let me, <laughs> so let's, like- you know, it's like it's real fishy. Yep. You, you and your wife came up, you know, or whatever polycule you were in or however it was, you know, came up on this list. And then you have insider information and you're in the exact position, you know, on the financial things. You're a prominent uh, congressperson in like his like third term or something by this point, I think, for for Silicon Valley of all places. And it's like... Yeah, I mean, I just, I just flat don't believe you if you're going to tell yeah. me that you had nothing to do with that. Look, it, it, it should be, it really should be illegal. I mean, like I, I've been talking about this too, and eventually I'm going to have more of a uh, story out there. Um, but I'm, I'm working on legislation right now um, with some friends of mine to basically put hard caps on the amount of. Uh, the the amount that a public service uh, politician uh, can increase their household net worth year to year. Oh, so okay. basically, you know, salary caps, but they're but they're caps on all income. So what we're thinking right now is double the amount of the salary of the congressperson. So that would be currently Congress people get one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year. They could vote to increase it, whatever. The, those will be parts that we have to figure out in the bill. But we're saying double for the household because, okay, we're accounting for the partner. Whoever, if they have a partner, then whatever their partner salary is going to be, basically, they get another $174,000 that year. And this is just for net increase in in the household net worth. Mm-hmm. So this has nothing to do with the bill. This is not earnings. This is This is just all profit. This is all green. So this would be end up being something like up to nearly $400,000 a year, you're allowed to increase your net worth. Mm. So it's generous, right? So, so that their refusal 
to basically vote for this bill or to debate it or anything like that will be like a red flag as to they just want to enrich themselves. So if they, they won't even do a baby step. Yeah, they won't even do the baby step. Like that that mm-hmm. cap will just be like, hey, this is this is the limit. Um, and also we wanted to put it like there because I think it would encourage more people from lower socioeconomic statuses would get a bigger relative boon than people from higher socioeconomic statuses. So I want to make it I want to make it more painful for rich people to be in office because look if you're that rich and you want to do public service, then okay, make sure let's put the emphasis on the public service part. Then like, let's not put the emphasis on the enriching yourself even further. When you're that wealthy, you don't like, you you don't need the government to just do stuff. You can just go do stuff. Like when right. you were talking about Flint earlier, like people like Jaden Smith and I think like the mortal technique and a handful of other people just went there and, and paid out of their own pockets for them to have better water you know exactly exactly like, and, and <clears throat> sorry and jonathan I, I i saw some in the chat jonathan we also have a uh year's limitation for after they exit as well which will apply so uh, it's either a five or a ten year period we still have to work out the kinks but they will not be able to uh that salary cap that limit to their salary will apply after they leave office as well uh, and we have to figure out again how to do that in a constitutional way, mm-hmm. but that's the main idea because the revolving door is a huge problem with that too. Because a lot of these Congress people, they just leave and immediately they're working for whoever. And there are some, uh, you know, for for whoever they were just regulating or in charge of regulating, right? So that that creates a huge incentive to basically get into office, pass some bullshit ass legislation yeah. that helps Netflix, and then go work at Netflix for ten million a year. Like, so this will be right. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is some revolving door legislation that exists in places like Illinois. Actually, we have some of that, which surprisingly, I think uh, Blagojevich was championing. Um, but he's such a weird dude. Um, but but there there are there. Just to be said, there is some precedent out there for creating laws which restrict uh, what industries people can actually enter after they leave office. So we think yeah, we might be able to idea. do that. And it's like, yeah. It's wild that, that, I mean, I would have, I wasn't going to say shocking, but it's not really shocking, but it is wild that that's, that isn't already a law. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that there's not already restrictions on what you can do after your leave Senate or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when you're writing the laws and passing them, that's <laughs> yeah. the problem, right? Like a stock trading ban legislation right now, even though Rokana said he would vote for whatever goes across his desk, there's already, it's uh, all the reports are saying from the insiders. They're saying it's already dead on arrival because they're not even going to bring it to the floor. They don't think because yeah. uh, they don't want to embarrass the people in their own party who are against it and yeah. who Rokana do not want it. Two other people will tweet about it a few times and, never... and then it'll just die. And then it'll just die. And and you know I think I think the only way to I think you have to continue to shine a light on the things that people want to stay hidden. Um, and just to go back to Rokana in particular for a second, uh, he's on, we were trying to figure out what committees he's on. He's on a lot. And committees where he has direct conflicts include the committee, um, the agriculture sub on commodity exchanges, energy and credit, uh, and on light and agriculture. He's on the armed services committee. Livestock. 
yeah, are, are subcommittees that have to do with um, different major. Com- so agricultural committee has multiple subcommittees, including the commodity exchanges and energy and credit committees and the livestock and foreign agriculture committee. Um, oh, crazy. Yeah, it is. It, all of that is, is fishy yeah. for somebody from like where he is representing to. Cause it's like, uh, oh yeah. The, the Google campus is so rural. You know what I mean? Oh baby. It gets better. It gets better. The next committee he's on is the Armed Services Committee, and some of his direct conflicts there include Amazon, Alphabet, Boeing, General Electric, Oracle, uh, BX, BWX Technologies, uh, and it goes on. Because they're uh, all entangled up in those committees and shit. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's also on the he's on multiple Armed Services Committees too with with that's problems. Crazy to me because it's like yeah. he, he was another one that ran on ending all the, the different wars, you know? And yeah. He doesn't really talk about them much. And it's like, it's, I feel crazy sometimes because I'm like, even if you don't count Afghanistan, even if you count Afghanistan as being over now, which I'm not sure it really, you know what I mean? Like who knows really, but that's like at least six other wars that we're still in, you know? And yeah. I'm like, we're, we're still doing hell of shit out there. And, and yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm living in like the twilight zone or something. Oh, like, you are. It's like you are. Nobody else knows, like, or can see, like, the same thing, and it's like, yeah. Vol- Voltaire. This is just Candide again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're living in the real life, the modern version of Candide. Yeah. Currently, right now, where maybe you'll find like one or two characters who actually end up being pretty nice and everything, but everyone else is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you know, like some of Rokana's direct or his wife's families. I'm sorry, yeah. Rokana's wife's family his wife's boyfriend's exactly right right the guy who ties you down in the chair before (laughs) he fucks your wife but this is this is the some of his actual um investments include raytheon technologies okay and lockheed martin lockheed motherfucking martin which by the way was traded during the investigation so when the new york times started to investigate into this they trade away their Lockheed Martin. They're like, oh, that's, that's too hot. It's too hot, baby. And, and look at some of these other ones. This is for the Oversight Committee. All right. The Oversight Committee is a pretty powerful committee. Oversight's a, uh, has oversight over a lot of different industries, including pharmaceuticals. And just listen to some of these. Uh, Merrick, Eli Lilly, Walgreens, Boots Alliance, Biogen, V, uh, Twitter, which is funny. Veritex Pharmaceuticals. Um Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, Axion Pharmaceuticals, Gilead Sciences, um, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, Biomarin Pharmaceutical. These are uh, all a lot of sinister corporations, and many of them I know. sound like they would be like the fake corporations from like fucking RoboCop or something. Oh, they they sound like they all are. I mean, we're living in basically RoboCop times. Um, mm-hmm. Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson. Philip Morris International, just in case, you know, you want some cigarettes to go with all that shit. Intuitive Surgical. I mean, it's it's so fucking comical, the companies yeah. that he's in. Also, Oversight Subcommittee on Environment is also what he's in. And guess what fucking stocks this motherfucker has? ExxonMobil, Chevron, Dominion Energy, Philip 66. This motherfucker talks about being a gas, like, I'm a gas dude. I'm going to be, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be against... Yeah, and look at all this shit. Now... Yeah. I'll, I'll try to be fair like one can't more time. Really be trustworthy when you yeah. invest in companies like that because you, well, you have it, a vested interest in, in in Exxon doing well now. So I'll I'll, I'll do uh, for the sake of argument here, 
I'm going to try to be fair to one more one more extent, okay? There now index funds, if you will, right? Could have you uh, an index fund is basically like a uh, for those who don't know, it's it's something to where you you don't invest in an actual company like individually because usually you can go if you're trading stocks, you could buy stock in X, Y, or Z company because you think that company is going to do well and you want to own some of the, the company. An index fund basically takes your money and spreads it out evenly among a bunch of different companies that are supposed to be representative of the economy as a whole. So the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial, those are indexes. Those are ways whenever we say, oh, the S&P 500 fell. The S&P 500 is like the best performing 500 companies or whatever. Like if they fall collectively, then it usually can show, oh, the economy is not doing as well. So if you're in an index fund, there is a chance that a lot of your um, a lot of your uh, stock, you may have shares or, or partial shares in stocks for companies that you don't even know about, really, because you're in an index fund. So and Rokana, I think, says this is what's happening here. But here's the problem with that, too, is that even if it's an index fund, OK, I'll give you that. But even if it's an index fund, buddy, you're not willing or you kept avoiding the question when people were asking you, will you put this in a blind trust? Yeah. So you still want to be able to, let's say something big happens where, you know, like, I don't know, an unprecedented pandemic takes hold of the globe, right? Would never happen, right? Yeah. Completely hypothetical would never happen. But let's just say that happened and you know it's going to have a significant effect on the economy, including most likely your index fund. Could you not still go, if you know what's happening, could you not still go to the person mm -hmm. who's trading the stocks for you and say, we need to sell right now? We need, to, yeah. we need to insulate ourselves or you need to take this index fund and start buying a lot more pharmaceutical companies and a lot more of that shit, which funnily enough, Ro Khanna has a lot of stock in. I'm sorry, Ro Khanna's boyfriend's wife or wife's boyfriend has a lot of stock in these things. Um, you know, I just think it's, and I know we're picking on Ro Khanna right now. It's yeah. so many motherfucking politicians, Voltaire. It's it's so many, and I know Diane Feinstein is real open. About she's it, oh, she's she, a she piece of shit. Like, I can yeah. do what I want. You know what I mean? I'm hundred. Yeah, she's like, years fuck old. you. I'll fuck whoever I want. I'm Diane Feinstein. Getting reelected, like yeah. Well, we're you know, I can still just don't give a shit. I don't think like you could just you're just like ah, oh, whatever. She's always been here. We're just gonna vote for her again. You know? Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, you know, well, can't believe she's still in office and I can't believe Brett Favre stole $5 million or $6 million from the poorest people in his own state and totally world, just shit you know? over. Yeah. What a world, what a world, but you know, what a country, baby. Yeah. Yeah. We used to be a proper country. You got to bounce out, but thanks for the conversation. Yeah, thanks for, so much for calling in, Voltaire. It was great, uh, great talking with you. Yes, really cool. All right, take care. Yeah, yeah, join us again. We do it every Tuesday night, just about, so. Awesome. Uh, well, y'all, that seems like a good place to wrap up. We had Voltaire come in. We had 
a lot of people give a lot of real hot takes. Uh, I do this every Tuesday around either 6.30 or 6.45 Central Time. And I just want to say, like, look, I know this is not the most important story in the world. And I know that a lot of the times I'm, I, 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 I am picking some of these stories that just appeal a lot to me. But I just, when you got someone who's as American as apple pie, just showing you the true underbelly of the system, showing you how much someone who's supposed to care so much about America and represent what we represent, just start stealing from the, 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 the poorest among us. And his only concern in these text messages seems to be, Hey, I don't want the media to find out. It will look bad. Just keeping up the appearances in those fucking Wrangler jeans. Have you ever wanted to defraud the poorest people? In your nation? Have you ever wanted to defraud the people in your home state because they're too fucking black? Have you ever wanted to show someone what a true welfare queen actually is? Well, put on a pair of Wrangler jeans. Hi, I'm Brett Favre, and I've been fucking uh, having an any cock in my rainbow jeans or my Wrangler jeans all the time. And my penis goes inside Wrangler jeans. Feel the America. I feel bad because Wrangler's probably fine. Like, I, I don't mean Wrangler, at least as far as we know, hasn't defrauded this group of uh, Mississippians. But it has defrauded you into thinking that Wrangler jeans are worth wearing. Um, no, I'm, just, I'm just shitting on it. L look, I don't. The story kind of speaks for itself here, right? It is a man who wanted to keep up appearances, who had enough money to be happy the rest of his life and for all of his kids to be happy the rest of their lives, who had enough money to fund this volleyball stadium himself. And instead... From the 135, he's made more money just from playing football than 2018's entire budget for uh, welfare in Mississippi. Again, remember, they had $135 million for the state of Mississippi for 2018. Only 5% of that money went to direct cash payments for uh, families who actually needed the assistance. And instead, when he's made more money in his career, that $135 million, he decided to take some more from that state to fund a volleyball stadium. The guy's a piece of shit. You know, he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> like, uh, like I, what is it? I think you should leave or whatever that... Uh, when they're talking about uh, that Netflix show, it's like a sketch comedy show. And the guy is talking about how I used to be a real piece of shit. Like that's Brett Favre. Okay. And that's Nancy new, even more so fuck you, Nancy new and Zachary new. I don't know you, but I hate you. <laughs> no, what you did is shitty. What you did is really, really shitty. Um, 
and Brian Phillips too. I'm inter- I'm going to keep following the story. I'm going to see how much he knew. Seems like he knew quite a bit and is, has been assisting in stopping this investigation from going forward because he doesn't want people to see justice for what they did. Uh, but what can we learn from this? I don't know. Uh, we we can do better. And I think the fact that people cared enough to stick around this long uh, means that there are at least some people here who can understand right from wrong and can understand how it's, it's, it's how these actors within the system and the extent to which this system encourages this kind of behavior, uh, they need to be removed. The people and the, uh, the system itself. Anyway, that's all from me. I got to go put on a pair of Wrangler jeans. I'll see you next week.